Ernest, what's up? Look, in the world of personal finance management, finding the right tool is crucial. If you've been relying on Mint to keep your personal finances in check, I got a mix of news for you. Mint is closing down. But here's a silver lining. Monarch Money is stepping up as the go-to financial app and users, including myself, are making the switch with a smile. Before Monarch, juggling my finances felt like navigating a stormy sea. Other apps either lacked features or were too cumbersome. Then came Monarch Money. Its ease of use, powerful features, and sleek design turned financial management from a chore into a breeze. The constant updates, well, that's the cherry on top. But what truly set it apart for me was its collaboration feature. Money matters constrain relationships, but Monarch brings peace to the table. The app's collaboration tools allowed my partner and I to seamlessly manage our finances together. We aligned on our budgets, tracked our cash flow, and even planned our future goals all in one place. Speaking of goals, be it saving for a down payment, your dream vacation, or your children's education, Monarch simplifies it all. It's no wonder the Wall Street Journal hailed it as the best budgeting app. This isn't just an app. It's the next generation of personal finance management, ad-free, intuitive, and always evolving with you in mind. Now look, Monarch isn't just another app. It's the all-in-one solution. From effortlessly importing your data from Mint to customizing your dashboard to your heart's content, Monarch respects your privacy with a strict no-ads, no-data-selling policy. This is financial management as it should be, focused on you. Look, after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's a top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash Mondays. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash Mondays for your extended 30-day free trial. The Enhanced American Express Business Gold Card is designed to take your business further. It's packed with features and benefits like flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business, 24-7 support from a business card specialist trained to help with your business needs, and so much more. The Amex Business Gold Card, now smarter and more flexible. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. All right, guys. Welcome back. Marky. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Mondays. Yes. Beautiful Monday here in New York. How about where you at? Beautiful. It's not 110 yet, so I'm elated. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yesterday was great. Yesterday we had like 87. Saturday was like 77. Saturday was perfect. Yesterday was pretty good. Today is pretty good as well. Nice. No, it's one of them ones, but, man. It's one of them ones. Um, this is the last Monday before InvestFest. Yes. Very important moment in history and in culture that will be taking place in Atlanta, Georgia. Yes. You excited? This weekend. Yeah. yeah. Sure. And Nervous. the weather they're going to be great too, man. I'm excited for that. Now, you know, the key to life is to, key, is to curb your enthusiasm. So that's been your new thing you've been on. Fact. So, well, I've been on that. I've that's been on that for a minute. Forever, but I've been actually, you know, saying it verbally. Um, so very important to curb your enthusiasm at all times, but I'm definitely ready for the moment. A lot has um, taken place to get to this moment. Thankful for everybody, yeah. first and foremost, that um, is coming as a participant and also as a viewer. 
of it. Yeah. Um, either either side or as a vendor, either side of it is uh, vitally important. Any event couldn't take place without either side. It, it, we could have had you know the best people in the world, but if nobody's there to watch, it doesn't matter. That's true. We, got, we can have a million mm -hmm. people there to watch if nobody's there to provide information. It's all speak, about you. It doesn't matter. So um, I want to thank every single person, every moderator, every host, the MCs, the DJs, yeah, um, everybody that will be there this weekend, um, lending their time, performing, catering, everybody. Ashley, it's yeah. a village of people, and for I for one, I am excited. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm gonna be enthusiastic about it. Gotcha. Um, Charlie got one approach. I got another approach. I'm excited, but more importantly, I'm excited for the people. People ask me what am I most excited for. I'm excited to see everybody, but I'm most excited for people to actually see. Um, what they're about to, to to take part in. It's going to be something that's going to be magical. And a lot of people are like, yo, this is going to be my first time. I think that probably is the most exciting. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited for those people that this is going to be their first time being amongst this level of, of talent, this this level of networking. It's going to be a beautiful weekend, man. So I'm excited to get down there and just t be with the people. It's been a whole... 12 months of planning. It's like hard knock life for investors. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. It's like, like I think like, the other day was like the Super Bowl of, of business and fi finance and entrepreneurship. It feels like that. It was like, yeah. you wait all year for this moment. Like, whether it be like Christmas or Super like this, it's like a culminating event. And I just can't wait to get down there. And I want the people to, to see it and enjoy it, man. So yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, Shotty, when do you celebrate though? Like, can you walk us through that real quick? We celebrated a few times, man. I got some footage. No, nah, I celebrate every day. <laughs> every day is a celebration. Um, I love but it. it's never to the point where it's like overly um, you know, crazy. Like, yeah. You know, I, I remember Urban Meyer was telling the story of uh when he won, I think his second back-to-back -back championship in the University of Florida, and um they won the game was over at like eleven o'clock. And um, his wife caught him in the basement at uh, 1 a.m. making recruitment phone calls. Because at the end of the day, his yeah. whole his whole thing was about um, everybody. As soon as you win, you become the number one target, and it doesn't matter what you did in the past. It only that it only matters what you do in the future. Mm -hmm. So there's a, there's another lesson on. I'm gonna let you finish. Also, okay. um, you finish with that. Andre story? 3000. Had, had one of the greatest lines of all time where he said, um, you're only funky as your last cut. You focus on the pack, it has to be a has but Now that's a fact. So, you know, I, I I definitely appreciate moments. And I, like I said, I think, you know, I try to have a good time all the time. Like I'm out all the time. I go to I go to clubs, I party. But at the end of the day, I never try to get too too celebratory or too high because yeah. I understand that um, there's always – there's always something else there's always more there's always something else to do we never yep. deliver strategy at one point in time we're going to fully do a full hypothesis on the never deliver strategy the never deliver strategy does not mean not to deliver on your promises but the never deliver strategy means like apple right whenever you whenever they do something it's always something else coming yeah. so it's like for us it's like all right market monday's world tour then invest fest then we're going to do the south by southwest and it's going to be art basel and it's never it's you never do more you can never feel like, all right, I got to wait till next year. Nah, next yeah. week, we're going to do something crazy next that, week. That'd be the answer to the, a lot of the questions. They're like, well, what's yeah. next? More? What do you more. mean? More. more. If Bob Irving came out and got Drake in that second I, week. I, I got to touch. I gotta touch got to touch on the Irving thing because okay. it's a valuable lesson. And what, you, what you're saying is true. It was like a week after that, he's already looking at the next year. A, a, an hour. Uh, well, the, 
No, he, I think he celebrated that night. Nah, I'm telling you, I watched the story two hours later. It, but here's the other part of the story. Two years later, he retires because of that, right? Because of that nonstop, I'm in the grind, I'm in the grind, to the point where it was like, he can't do this. He 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 lost his way. He came back to try to coach Ohio State and ran into the same issues, right? Then he came back and tried to go to Jacksonville and realized that this wasn't going to work. So there's two sides to that. Like, yeah, you should be extremely focused and looking ahead to the next thing and, what's, and, and to be better than the last thing, but also take solace in the moment. Take solace in the moment. I, mean, I take solace in every moment, but like I said, it's, yeah. yeah. also, look, at the end of the day, he already accomplished something that probably would most 99.9% of coaches will, will never accomplish in their lifetime. So yeah. he, his sacrifice, some some people will say it, it wasn't balanced. Some people will say it was not healthy. I think he might even got a heart attack. Um, he did have some health issues. But, yep. Die a legend. No. <laughs> Live one. Die a legend. Die a legend. He said, that's what I lost now? Yo, die a legend. Yo, man. we're going to die martyrs. Yo, you got to die a legend. You said you might have lost it. I, I, I'm in between. Like, you have to seize the moment. Like, this moment may not be able to be recreated. And sometimes, like, being comfortable, like you said, people will gloat over this one event and stop for three months and somebody wow. else will get hot. You yeah. always have to, going back to the Tim and Fertitta story, he's like, I'm constantly looking behind me to see who is going to take my idea or do the same thing better. You cannot let up. Don't leave while you're hot. Yep. That's how Mace screwed, screwed, screwed up. Shout out to Mason Camp. Yeah. Um, all right. So we'll talk about InvestFest later on. But tonight at midnight, ticket sales stop. We'll, we'll officially be sold out at midnight. So. This is the last opportunity to get your ticket. We've been promoting this thing for six months. So, I mean, I don't know why you waited, but if if you are planning on being in the building for Invest Fest, you have four hours to get your tickets because at midnight, the deal's over. And um, I'm definitely excited to see Mike Novogratz, Kathy Wood, and mm -hmm. Ian on stage. That's going to be a legendary moment. I'm excited to see Rich Paul on stage for sure with Junior Bridgman. I'm excited to see um, Diddy. <laughs> I'm excited to see Robert Smith. Mm -hmm. I'm excited to see 19 Keys High Level Conversation. Yes. I'm excited to see uh, the all women panel. We have three. We have three panels on the main stage that's all women. Um, one in real estate, one women in business, and the other one is estate planning and and insurance, I believe, uh, taxes, state mm -hmm. planning taxes. So mm -hmm. we added more women. It's it's it's, it's a vibe, man. Yeah. Get the tickets, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. We'll see you there, man. Don't meet us there. Beat us there. Ticket sales and midnight tonight. Um, Invest Fest. This is the three P. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is the three. That's right. I like that. Yeah. I like that. And shout yeah, shout out to the all women. I know people that we dropped that Monique Rodriguez fly yesterday. Were like, yes, more women. Of course, we always going to support, employ, uh, and encourage our women. Um, and what Monique's been able to do, especially in, in the beauty and hair care industry, I don't even think people really understand it. But I'm, I'm glad we have a platform to give her to talk about her experience inside that space and to give insight to newcomers in that space. So her panel is, is going to be pretty dope. I'm looking forward to it as well. All right. All right. This Tuesday, tomorrow, big episode for Earn Your Leisure. We don't stop. Um... It keeps going. Can't so, stop, won't stop. This this tomorrow <laughs> billionaire edition. We got two billionaires. We got 
Two billionaires, one episode. First and foremost, shout out to my man Mel Carter. Yes. Um, the connect to the situation. We got him. We have Mike Novogratz, certified yes. billionaire. Then we have David Barry, yes. certified billionaire. So, wow. <laughs> Talking about high level conversation. They they talked about angel investing. They talked about crypto, Web three, AI, um, relationships. The story of how Mel Carter met Mike Novogratz <laughs> is crazy. That's a crazy story within itself. Networking, being at the right place at the right time, having the right watch. So, all of these yo, the right things. watch, the right watch is important. Very I'll important. Bust down. Um, so, yeah, man, shout out to all of those guys. That's a billionaire conversations for all you people that say, you know, we're hanging out with rappers too much. <laughs> back to the basics back to the basics back to the billies man um yeah, but it's a part of the algorithm is it part of Mark, the listen the second half of the season we're gonna turn up a lot more guests because if you put it in youtube the viewership is a lot higher simba episode went crazy it's like it's tough when people say one thing but the results are showing another and the feedback is another so but yeah i can't wait for this conversation like yeah no, it I is. Know it's one of those ones but interview was was a was a classic. Gotti's interview was a classic. Shout out to the joint, the joint we put out with Dave Shans. That was dope. This is when that we finished this episode. Yeah. We finished this episode. I was like, "Yo, that was crazy." Like I, I like I told you, Ian. I called you early. I'm like, "Yo, we we've spoken to Mike before, mm -hmm. but um, I haven't heard him speak like this." Um, so I'm glad we got it on on tape, man. We get to release that to the world. So it's gonna be one of the yeah. ones. And shout out to Dave. If you don't know who David Barry is, aftermarket money is do your Google do research. Your research, please. Please. So, all right. So that's coming out, and then Christina Milian. Yeah. Um, really? Okay. Over liability tonight. You got any stories? Fire. Tonight. <laughs> <Asset over liability. laughs> and shout out to the Wednesday, beignets on Wednesday. YouTube, man. Shout out to Revolt family. Shout out to Christina Milian. Yes. On the game right Do now. Do your homework on Shoddy. <laughs> Yo, Do your homework on Shoddy. Yeah. Listen. If you know, you know, right? Like, this, J. It, it was a great work. episode. It was a great episode, man. That's Strategic seating. <laughs> um, all right, ladies and gentlemen, Ian, announcements. Yes, I'll get the heat off you. Um, if I make some money, please. <laughs> join, join Stock Club. Yeah, join Stock Club. <laughs> Lincoln bio. It's only $4.99 a month. Um, for those of you who got the Stock Club deal last year at InvestFest, um, you will have four more years access uh, so you guys don't have to worry about that. I know some of you were inadvertently logged out, but you'll be logged back in tonight. Um, you have four more years access. If I made you money, please put yes in chat. And I'm looking forward to the conversation with uh, Kathy and Mike. Great conversation yesterday with Ashley. Please be there early. Red Panda family be in the building at 930. We're going to put on one hell of a show. And our Stock Club call will be on Wednesday night. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Dip it low. <laughs> Yo, so that's a, a top 20 record, man. That's a fact. Hey. That's a fact. Um, disclaimer. Yeah. Uh, do your own research, man. Shout out to everybody that continues to do that and takes heed to the information. Our content is intended to be used and must be used for informational purposes only. It's very important to do your own analysis before making any investment based on your own personal circumstances. You should take independent financial advice from a uh, ooh. You should take financial uh, advice from a professional connection with or independently research or verify any information that you find on our show and wish to rely upon whether for the purpose of making an investment decision or otherwise. People continue to do the research. When you see us in the streets, 
Tell us about the research you've done. I love when people walk up to us and give us a tip uh, about a stock that they're looking at. So yeah. I appreciate that. I'm sure Ian, you know, it's always insightful when you hear something that you didn't, you know, you didn't have your eye on and now you, you, Absolutely. Know, you get privy to information that you can now add to the arsenal. So shout out to everybody that's sharing the research. And when you hear it from somebody, give them the credit for it. Love is love. That's how we spread community. That's how we build. Peace. All right. So let's get into this. Um, all right. So let's start. Let's start here. So we talked about David Barry. Mm -hmm. Who will be on Mark? Who will be on Earn Your Leisure tomorrow? Tomorrow, um, legendary in the space. But I want to start with Michael Burry, who I actually referenced him last episode. Uh, Doctor Michael Burry, who uh, he got a, a pretty famous after the Big Short situation mm -hmm. came out after that movie. He was one of the ones that actually bet on the collapse of the economy in two thousand and eight, mm -hmm. and made billions of dollars off of that. So. He's back, um, and he's back on, on it. He's back on his bulls, <laughs> uh, and, and the whole world is um, scared. So I'm gonna actually just read what happened. So, he, Dr. Michael Burry, renowned for forecasting the 2008 housing crisis collapse, as depicted in The Big Short, has stalked over 1.6 billion in potential Wall Street downturn. Recent SEC filings reveal Burry's fund, Scion Asset Management, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. has invested in put options against both the S&P 500, 866 million, and NASDAQ 100, 739 million. Um, these moves represent over 90% of his portfolio, signaling a significant bearish stance. However, Burry's position has appeared inconsistent. Earlier this year, he ambiguously, ambu ambiguously, ambiguously, ambiguously. Yeah. yeah, we got you. Tweeted, got you <laughs> teamwork, tweeted, teamwork. <laughs> <laughs> tweeted sell to his to his vast followers, only to retreat by March in March, admitting I was wrong to say so. My bad. So uh, <laughs> despite, what? Despite yeah. his bearish bet, uh, the S and P five hundred and Nasdaq both have shown substantial growth this year, increasing approximately 16% and 38% respectively. Now, it has been a bad year for, I mean, this has been a bad month for the stock market. Um, yeah. August. Yeah. No, August historically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, t like this month, 2023, August. Yeah, yeah this August, yeah. I'm saying, this, has been a, this has been a down month, but for the year, the 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 market has, has been up. So, being that he's putting a, a bet that the market is going to go down, a lot of people are, you know, a little nervous. So is this blown out of proportion or is this something that investors should pay heed to? Um, I, th I think it's, A, I love Michael Burry, one of my inspirations after I watched The Big Short. Um, it's slightly overblown for a couple of reasons. Number one, when you do options for every option, you control how many shares. Everyone put in chat, how many shares do you get to control? So I don't think the capital outlay is accurate. Number two, um, this was last quarter. So they're reporting the point of now. But the thing about when you run a fund, you don't have to disclose your entry, your exit, the other correlating positions that you have. And also, he's not going to tell you the exact moment when he gets out. Um, when I was talking to Josh this weekend, uh, there's a couple people that like always get great headline, a great click through. Michael Burry, Kathy Wood, Mike Novogratz, Elon Musk, 
Kanye West. If you put any of them in an article about investing or Warren Buffett, you're going to get clicks. So I think um, for those of you who have been doing, doing research, you are already aware of this position. August historically is a down month, mm-hmm. say lighter month. So I would, and we've only been down maybe three or four weeks since those all time highs. Um, so I know a lot of people are asking, you know, is this overblown? I don't think it's overblown. I think it's a great hedge overall to have in the market. But if you go look at the other positions that he has, he's long the Japanese ETF, um, which is a great exposure play because their indexes and economy has been going up. But if you really think the market is going to fall apart, he would have shorted the Nikkei, the Japanese index, German DAX as well. Um, so I think this is more of a hedge than anything. Will it be profitable in it? Yes, but you do have to take in consideration when Mike has these positions on, he's usually too early. So when he's <laughs> short, he's getting in short too early. When he's going long, he's in too early. So I wouldn't follow this as a signal to get in, but it is a very good trade on his end to hedge the market for where it is currently. Uh, I'm with you on everything you just said. Uh, you nailed it. Uh, as usual, of course. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you, 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 the timing is important, right? So like what you just said about him being in the trades too early. Mm-hmm. The other part is that by the time you hear it, it's too late. It's too late. <laughs> right? That's the yeah. part that we got to realize. By the time it becomes news, that trade has already been put in two to three months probably prior. Or he could have so, exited already. Or he could have exited and we don't even know if he bought calls. We just know that he made puts. Mm-hmm. So when he makes the the call or the put call in uh January and by March, who knows? As he's seeing this trend, he's probably putting more trades to offset and hedge mm-hmm. his positions. That part you never never gets you know displayed. Yeah. So even now, I mean, I guess after he 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 put that prediction, his his account kind of got disappeared, which is which is weird. But this is not something it, it's news because of who it is and because of yeah. the success he's had in two thousand eight. Um, but like you said, if, if he looked at it as a global economy, he would have been making puts throughout the world. Um, and that has, well, at least we don't know. Again, we don't know yeah. what has happened. And so it, this is not something that, I mean, personally, I would be looking at and saying, all right, well, if Mike's doing this, this is something that I should be doing. My time to get in, yeah. Right? It should be something that, of note, like, okay, this is something that's happening. But again, we don't know the timing of it. We don't see every transaction that is made with, with every trader. We don't see those parts. We just see the headlines. Yeah. And so this feels more like a headline to have an article, but take note. Great headline. Click yeah, great headline. But if you're reporting something a, a quarter or three months too late and you don't know when someone's going to exit, in the grand scheme of things, it does not really matter. Do I think we'll have a pullback? I mean, we're going through one now, but it's not like we're facing anything that we're facing in 2020. Um, so, yeah, please be yeah. concerned. And for everyone who's like, well, Mike got lucky in one trade. He provided 500% return for clients. And it was a good lesson. If you watched the movie, there were clients complaining even about the 500% return. They hated the strategy all the way through. They didn't believe when the premiums was going up. When he returned 5X, they were still upset once they got taken out of the fund. So you have to be very mindful. Um, Also, he could have an open straddle. Like there's a lot of layers to this, but you have to look at the entire portfolio to see, to get a true picture of what's going on. And even August, this is not something that's atypical. This is typically how July, August usually move when we talk about trade volumes and, yep. you know, pullbacks and then, you know, the end of the third quarter, September. And we saw it. Like, that's why I said, if you've been watching Market Money, we've been through some of these type of cycles, but we've seen August has been a pullback throughout the month. At the end of the month, slight trend mm-hmm. up. And in September, as the third quarter kind of ends, you start to see a trend down. So this is this is typical 
for, for yeah. the summer months. Yeah, I remember in August 24, 2015, that's when I placed like my first really big swing trade when I felt like, okay, I had this. Same thing was happening. Uh, Nikkei was falling, Russell was falling, Dow was falling, EOS was falling. And then things slowly start to turn around the next year. August is a month that's usually slow and the volume lacks. Or, the, or if you're a short seller, that's a good time, July and August, to look to begin to build your positions too short. All right. So um, what formula did you use to be able to predict Evergrande was going to bank, going to be bankrupt? And are you concerned their collapse will affect us? Um, this form is really simple. Uh, Wall Street Journal, CNBC Pro, Barron's, and then fortunately some people who are uh, who were in Red Panda at the time were actually in abroad in China. So once you like, everyone wants a formula for investing. And as we go into InvestFest, I've been really thinking about this, but um, and I know you guys had an amazing interview with Dave Shans, but my, my talk with him earlier this year like reading those 50 pages a day, it will give you a lot of insights. And I've told this is stock club, but when you read like a physical version of a paper or a publication, there's often insights in there that is not in the web version. I know it shouldn't be that way, but it is. Um, and once I started, I think I read maybe 70 articles on Evergrande and probably 40 videos on it. And the signs were very- What clear. is it? What is it for? Uh, Evergrande is like one of the biggest real estate companies in China. Mm -hmm. So I said, I think it was this time last year in 2022. Like if 20, they went, uh, 2021, the downfall began. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So, so I said it like if they began to have troubles, we were going to feel the effects of it. And here we are. And uh, it's being reported now that China, uh 40 year boom is over. They're raising, you know, have some fears around an extended slump. Their economy is not doing well. Their rate, they're having rate issues now as well in that race to try and beat us there were some things that they didn't manage well so this is like the version of the 2007 crisis that we went through they're kind of going through now but since china is one of the leading economies and they own so much of our debt that's why i kept my eyes closely on this but if you go through on any particular subject like if you read 50 to 70 articles and like 30 to 40 videos on it you will have every angle down to a science on what's truly happening in um that particular case and I, I hate that this is happening but as a result um some of the smaller players are going to fall out as well and it's going to spread over here to the to the u.s as well yeah this is uh it's kind of like remember in field of dreams it was like if you build it they will come yep and then you keep building and you keep building and then the, the people never come yeah so now you have a bunch of commercial real estate you have a bunch of res residential real estate that nobody's living in Mm -hmm. Right. And so when the government looks at it, they're like, wait, we got to figure out how to slow this down. Right. Because if we don't, there's going to be a collapse, right? like kind of what you're seeing now. And so yeah. they, they take the efforts to say, all right, well, well, let's slow down on the borrowing. But people who are trying to develop it, when you do that, then you got to raise rates to make more money. Yeah. Right. So when you raise rates and people can't pay back debt, then you get what's happening with Evergrande. And so it should it, we be worried about it in the U.S.? Absolutely. I think so, number one, uh, because it's a model that if we don't, and there's a couple of companies, and we'll get into it, if, if we don't look at this model and say, like, this is not effective and this is something that could be replicated and could actually be even worse for us, mm -hmm. we'll, we'll, we'd be foolish. Absolutely. Um, some We have to have a real conversation about what are realistic growth rates in every industry. And of course, when interest rates were at zero, 
It was easy to build. Now we're seeing the real builders, real entrepreneurs, the ones who are able to thrive now in these tougher conditions. These are the real companies to invest in. Um, I talked about it uh, over a year ago, but they had to move some university students into some of the buildings that they were building because they had so many vacancies. Some of these right. properties they've had to even tear down because they're ghost cities in China, like literally 60 um, floors up and no one's actually in those units. And Dave Gross talked about this, like the, the big commercial real estate correction or collapse that we'll see. It will start there at a spread over here. Things are getting tight here. We'll talk about we working a little bit, but I think we have to relook at the valuations of real estate across the board and just say they built too much and they got high off of the, the bubble of us being in a zero interest rate environment. A lot of this, the real estate companies started to be ran like tech companies. And now you have to reevaluate what they're really worth. And there's going to be a lot more cases of mixed use. Um, commercial spaces to offset the losses coming yeah. in the future. It's interesting because now I'm even thinking about it, like even where we live, like I'm watching towers is being built, like mm -hmm. luxury apartment buildings. And I'm like, well, that's 15 now. Like where are the people that are coming to live in these? Yeah. Right, especially if we're talking about economic hardship and we're talking about recessionary environments and interest rates and inflation. I'm like, but these towers keep going up. Yeah. <laughs> like what something's got to give right so that's what i'm saying like even in the microcosm like where we live here in, in westchester it's like are we setting ourselves up for that right because if the people don't come then what now what happens to these properties destroys values and yep. for the surrounding areas yep well speaking yep. about real estate um are you equally concerned about the collapse of we work and what real estate stocks do you like long term um, we work, I mean, one, we talked about it last week, but once a company says, hey, it's not looking good for us, um, I would be concerned. The, the thing that really shocks me more than anything is like the CEO's ability to continue to raise capital for other projects, uh, which is a privilege that we don't have. Um, at the moment, there are no real estate stocks that I really love in the traditional sense. If I had to pick some out, I would go, I would lean towards McDonald's and Walmart if I'm going mm. for like absolute safety. Um, Walmart has a stranglehold on the retail space and they've innovated in a very interesting way over the last 10 years and it has built sustainably McDonald's. You can argue is the biggest real estate company on earth. Um, but anything else that has real estate exposure at this moment, because of how they value the companies, I don't love at the moment, like uh, most important thing. And this is something Rashad, I know you stressed before going back to episode 70, you gotta take all the risk off the table. Like, what could I invest in? Like, if I had to put every dollar I had into something and I'd be safe, if I'm looking in the real estate space, Apple, excuse me, McDonald's and Walmart are the only two that I'm like, are rock solid. Are there some other ones? Yes. But if WeWork is in trouble, which they try to make a hybrid of the tech and real estate model together in a publicly traded company and it didn't work, there's some other ones that are going to be in trouble as well uh, coming forward. And this is the crazy part. Rates have not gone as high as they can. Like <laughs> mortgage rates can go to 9%. For yeah. those of us that are older, old enough to remember, like 7% is the median. What about those who have bad credit? Yeah. I mean, and we live in this, this, this environment where it's like the news is now, right? So when you hear seven and a quarter and they're saying that's the highest it's been in 15 years, it's like, oh, wait, 15. Yeah. But there were people 30 years ago who were buying homes. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Like you said, like the people who don't have 700, 700 or 750 credit, what does yeah. the interest rate look like for them? Um, so that's a part of it. The interesting thing about the WeWork thing, and the, I guess the transparency is important, right? Because on Tuesday, they said they have a substantial doubt about their ability to continue operating over the next year. Substantial doubt. This is like the, the, the company is saying this. Um, and so. It's gonna like we, when we talk about the effects. We, I looked at the, the numbers for New York City, and like when I was on the phone with you, you kind of heard me listen to it. I'm like, this is yeah. this is crazy. So they own seven million square feet in New York City, mm-hmm. seven million square feet of commercial real estate. That's troubling, right? Like when we see companies, obviously COVID affected. We work tremendously, and how the company was run. I mean, if you never watched the documentary, go go watch go the documentary, watch it, please. please. Um, that's troubling, especially for commercial real estate here in New York. And I, I mean, I guess throughout the world, um, when I read the report and I heard the article itself, it made me think about what we talked about in market money. It's like you said with Dave Gross, mm-hmm. when we said, what's the next domino to fall? And the first thing I, no hesitation, commercial real estate, commercial real estate. And so hearing this report and then reading more information about it, I'm like, yo, th- this is, this is about to happen. It looks like this is about to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I think the long-term effects are there. There are some stocks, though, in that. But, I mean, that's still, you said that how much real estate do they own? Seven million square feet. That's not, it's over six billion um, real yeah, estate. Of course. I mean, so, I'm just saying, it's, it's still it's a, a drop in a bucket. It, it sound, the number sounds bigger than what it really is. Do you think seven million square it's feet? It's not going to affect New York real estate, no. No, 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 I'm not saying that it affects, I'm saying commercial real estate in general. Right, like that's just one company. That's just one company, right? But that could be a domino effect of, of multiple yeah. companies. Well, commercial real estate is, is in trouble regardless. But I don't think that WeWork has any effect on on it. No, but the question was about WeWork specifically. That's why I was giving the the, the numbers on WeWork. No, yeah. I'm saying I just don't think that we if WeWork went out of business today and they have to sell all of their real estate, they'll they'll be able to sell that in a couple of months, like and probably shorter. Like there's there's a high demand for real estate right now in New York City. Um, so who do you think would would acquire them? Because because that could lead to a, a potential great company. Yeah, who, you're saying high demand as in another corporate enterprise coming to take the, the real estate from them. Whoever corporate enterprise, wealthy people, Saudi Arabia. I mean, I mean, we got to, and and Blackstone and BlackRock. If we're gonna be super honest, mm-hmm. probably somebody, would be somebody, two somebody business ones. Yeah, somebody will buy it. So there's there's a couple of real estate stocks. Um, I'll run them off. And it, it's one of those things right. where when we when Warren Buffett speaks, I, you know, like I pay attention to it. And so he ran off a couple. So D.R. Horton was one that he liked. Like, uh, like D.R. Horton. Berkshire Hathaway bought over six million shares. Uh, yeah. Lennard was one of one. Another one took an L.E.N. And then NVR. So those are the three that in his. NVR are solid. And NVR is another solid one. But they're also inside of the ETF, um, the home construction ETF, uh, ITB, which is up 21 percent. And so if you look inside of that ETF, the holdings, what do you think the top three holdings are? The three that I just said, right? So DR Horton, Lennar, and NVR. And yeah. so they're positioning NVR themselves. Amazing. They're looking Price inside of the real estate space and they're saying like, these are the three companies, but also look inside the ETF that has uh, home construction, ITB, another place, if you're interested in, in investing in, in real estate. Um, I don't want to offend any of my political connects, especially going into InvestFest, but do we think that BlackRock buying up all of the, yeah, put it on me. These are my thoughts and my views exclusively. 
Thanks. Um, um, but do you think BlackRock and Blackstone are intentionally raising rental unit values to be able to set up an economy for just them going forward over the next 20 years? Because if they bought everything up, clearly they've stated that like this is a, a market that they have a lot of interest in being like the real estate you know, uh, real estate rental market. If they price everyone out and a collapse comes and they buy everything up for cheaper, is this by design or do we think that this is a happy accident? Kudos and shout out to Larry Fink. Going back to my, my talk last week of every company has to find a way to be a monopoly on earth to be able to have an edge in the market that is sustainable if you really want to build generational wealth. I don't think any of this is done. Like rental prices have went up damn near double in the last year, 150% in the last three years. And the greatest benefiter of that has been Black Rock and Blackstone. Larry Fink, we need you to come to InvestFest next year, please. Somebody put the put the call out to him. Please. Put the call out to him. All right. All right. Let's do a dead or alive segment. Shall we? DOA, man. Let's let's text the viability. Shout you hit the Euro so good on that damn segment. Of some of these, <laughs> <laughs> of some of these companies, man. And Ian, I, I looked at the list this uh this week and uh I noticed a common theme amongst the, the DOA participants. Yes. So let's check the vital signs, whether they're healthy or whether they, they need some life support. All right, let's start with uh AVB, Avalon Bay Communities. Um, trading around $176, up to 14% year to date. It's a REIT, right? A real estate investment trust that invests in apartments. What's the deal with AVB? Um, solid company. I don't like it at this level. Currently, it's at 176.87. I would have to wait to maybe like 122.54 to want to potentially buy it. Um, but as we are going into a potential tightening cycle, um, I am looking for companies that have real estate exposure that are that are ran very well, not too sensational. Um, Avalon Bank, if you look over since 2009, it was at 58 bucks. It got to a high of 259.05 last year, and a little bit of a pullback because of what's going on in the market. But if it, 122 down to like 114 is the area that I like it, and I believe over like by 2027 it should be back to 224. It's a very sustainable pick, uh, a safe pick that no one really talks about. I know a few Avalons has actually closed uh, one close by here mm -hmm. okay. um, that re re rechanged its name. It's under, under new ownership, <coughs> new management. And I think there's another one too. So I'm not sure the details of why they um, changed uh, management ownership from Avalon, but that is uh, something that I noticed. So I don't know. That might be a trend going forward, yeah. Be, but, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, so Avalon, they, they own over 80,000 apartments throughout New England, New York City, uh, Washington, D.C., and Seattle and California. But that's interesting. I did notice that as well. Yeah. All right. All right. So let, let's go on to, to the next one. Uh, ticker MAA, Mid-America Apartment Communities, uh, trading around $142. They're down 13%. Uh, over the past six months, another greet, and this is predominantly in the southeastern United States and southwestern, so pretty much the entire south of the United States are where they're running their operations. What's your thoughts on MidAmerica Apartment? I'm not going to say that they are dead, but I don't like it at the current price. Like, my load-to-boat price would be 
like 6825 if it ever got that low. And then my secondary price I would want to enter would be like around 9802. Um, when I'm looking at a, a company, if they don't have a specialization or a thing that they do that no one else can, I have to wait for a considerable drop for me to be able to invest in it because at that point, I'm not going to say that they're a commodity, but they don't have an edge over BlackRock, Blackstone, Avalon, McDonald's. Like There are too many players in that space that have an edge, and I think the Southeast region will, will get hit a little bit um, next year as a result. So I have to wait. It's not dead, but you have to buy this one at the right price. And that's why I gave those uh, two prices. But for those of you who are looking for real estate exposure before you actually be be begin to buy like four units and eight units, um, Avalon Bay and MA is another one that, that you can get into. But I would have to wait for those prices before I would want to buy it. All right. Quick correction. A uh, AVB is up 14 percent year to date, not down, up 14 percent year to date. Uh, Mid-America Apartments is down 14 percent. So quick correction there. Uh, let's talk about the next one. Ticker SUI. Uh, some communities they trade around well today around 119 dollars they're down 14 percent uh they are a re focused on manufactured housing communities recreational vehicle community vehicle communities and marinas what's your thoughts on sui um hit their high in 2022 interest rates change it has affected their business um i like the company overall i would give this one a b if I'm looking to buy it, I would have to wait till $76.97. Um, the all-time low was in 2009, which was at $6.76. So it has shown if it's gone through a recession or things are tight, it will be adversely affected. So it went down from 05 to 09. So in 05, it was at 35 bucks. Four years later, it was at six. So often when we think a company cannot bleed down further, Trust me, like have any of you ever bought a stock and was like, it won't go lower. And then all of a sudden it goes lower and then your alerts go off. Mm -hmm. You have to buy this one at the right price. Um, so I do like this company, but this would be like a C tier. If they had like a third round of the NBA draft, this would be like a third round pick. Third round um, pick. You know, there's, there's, no, there's, there's no third round in the NBA draft though. So for the record. For the record, I want to just nobody in the G League and they'd be talking to me crazy in Atlanta. Yo, you don't know how hard it is. I, I, I don't. We'll switch it to a seventh round pick in the NFL draft or something. There we go. No, yeah. Gotcha. So <laughs> let's, let's, let's switch, switch, switch the, the industry, let's switch the sector a little bit. A company that I spoke about uh, in late September, Marathon Oil Ticker MRO, had a nice. Uh, trade in the options game had a call for thirty dollars when it was down at twenty two. Made a, a nice little bag there. So let's talk about Marathon Oil trading around twenty six dollars. When we were in Detroit, I saw nothing but Marathon Oils, which is interesting. Yeah. But you don't really see them here in New York. But when we when we when you travel, you start seeing these companies, and it's like, wait, I spoke about this, and now you start seeing them in in real life and and, and seeing how they run. So what's your thoughts on MRO Marathon Oil Corp? Yeah, I like Marathon. Everyone who's been in the options, like you said, they've been killing it. Um, a couple people ask, should they get it now? Um, if the price comes back down to like $20.56 or if it ever touches $17.59, I would enter there. But anything um, above $23, you can't buy. Like, like the consistent highs over the last few years have been like around $33. So it would be too high to buy, but around $17 and, and $20. I do like it um, long term. If, if you have long term exposure to it, if you got it at the right price, you're good. But definitely anything above 23 bucks, I would not be willing to touch it. 
2021, the stock was at $9.57. All-time high is 42 bucks and 54 cents. So like if you look at the highs and lows of MRO, they they obey their support and resistance levels. Like once it gets to 40, like from 38 to 42, it's going to top out and come down. Pause. Um, but if you get it anywhere from nine to twelve dollars, learn the lingo. Nine to twelve dollars is a good place to swing trader or hold it for a long period of time. Uh, okay, okay. Let's let's do like two more. How, how about this? Palo Alto Networks ticker P A N W. I know a lot of people who are watching Market Mondays have had that on their watch list. What's mm -hmm. your thoughts? We saw some news maybe a couple months ago about uh, Microsoft coming into the cybersecurity space. And what that meant to maybe some mm -hmm. companies like Palo Alto and, and Cloudflare and Zscaler. Um, uh, yeah, what's your thoughts That's on Palo Alto? <laughs> um, I like Palo Alto. Um, I would want to get in at one sixty two sixty. Of course, anytime Microsoft gets in the space, it provides some validity. Um, if you're in it currently and you've been in for a while, you can continue to hold it. It's been doing great since the beginning of the year, but I this is one you can't chase because if you do, you're going to end up in a lot of trouble. Um, they've passed most of their resistance areas for sure. So you have to wait to buy at a right at the right price. But if I can get it at 158 or 148, I would be happy there. Um, but it topped out at 258.86. It's been coming down a little bit since. I will wait for a better price to buy, but long term, I do like it. Can we give them a, a bonus? Yes. I want to give them a wild card that I want everybody to put on their their, their watch list. Okay. You know, I think I said this to you about maybe a month ago. HubSpot, ticker H-U-B-S. Yes, we never talked about this one. We didn't talk about it. We, we've, we've spoken about it. We haven't talked about it on Market Mondays, but I would like for everybody to put that on there. And if you have in front of your computer while you're watching Market Mondays, maybe on your TV, I want you to go look at this chart. I want you to go look at the year to date. I don't want you to be confused. That is up 74% this year, year to date. Yeah. Um, over $216 on the stock itself. Uh, about five years ago, it was trading in the 800s. It's now down at 506. But like I said, over the past year, it's had steady growth. If you're not familiar with them, let me give you a little context. They are American developer and market of software products, inbound marketing, sales, and customer service. Yes. What's your thoughts on HubSpot? Um, I think that they got affected by the crazy run of 2021. Great company. If you're in marketing and advertising, you've heard of HubSpot forever. Like they are like the ultimate the CRM, if you will. Um, they've had an, an amazing year rebounded well from last year. Mm -hmm. If I can get it at 32338, that's why I would like to enter if I'm not in it currently. Um, it opened up at 298 this year. So I'm looking to get in like around that area. But the run has been absolutely tremendous and not talked about enough last year was absolutely brutal 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 but if you look over the long-term horizon if you go to since inception mm -hmm. um in 2014 the low was 25 dollars and 79 cent like you said their high was 866 yeah so if you've been holding for a long period of time you are in good position even in 2019 they were at 137 and of course covid in 2021 pushed them up even higher but this is a great company to look at holding for the long term yeah, if you pull back the max on it, you'll see that it's up 1,600% since inception. Over the past five years, it is up 260%. This is the stock. This is not yeah. the option. Like yeah, This the option, is yeah. the actual equity itself. So another one to make sure you put on your watch list. All right. There you have it. Dead or Alive segment for all you stock yes. enthusiasts. Um, 
They get tired of be talking about Apple and Microsoft. Yeah, let's give them, you know, give them a little flavor, a little variety. For sure. The variety. <laughs> For sure. Variety's good. So um to invest fast if you need some variety in your life. Sure. Tickets in tonight. Tonight's the night. Get your tickets to Invest Fest. Last call. Final call. Um, when would you be when would be best to buy Chinese or international stocks? Um, this came up to me this, this weekend. Um, I want to be very clear. So not until our war, our soft war with China is over and this uh rate cycle is lifted so like once the fed stops raising rates that's when i'll look and china has its own set of issues but if i look at alibaba which we can argue is as great or better than amazon should be a lot higher um they topped out in 2020 at 319 they're currently at 88 bucks it's unbelievable that that company is that low even if i look even though i like tesla a lot more even if we look at neo neo went from a high of 66.95 it's currently at ten dollars and nine cent Prices should not be there, um, but Chinese stocks are not safe until we get out of the war with them. Once they make a declaration that they are not going to try to overtake Taiwan, semiconductor and uh, the province of Taiwan. And once rates begin uh, to be lower as well. So I know people want international exposure, but even if we look at Intel, Intel's uh, potential acquisition, of the Israeli semiconductor company got blocked by China. There's a lot of war games where just like, man, the block is hot. Like, I don't know how to put it any way clearer than that. Like, it's not safe to do business in China. And also as our president is saying, hey, we want to levy sanctions against American companies if you're looking to invest there. Even though I like some of the stocks that are in China, they will be suppressed until some of these issues go away. Like the macro issues are more important than the technicals. That's why every presentation, I'm like, I'm telling you, technicals are just representation of the fundamentals on a chart. If you don't have a clear picture of what's happening in a macro picture, uh, your account will be devastated and destroyed. So you have to wait for a little bit. That's for Chinese stocks? Yep. I've learned my lesson with investing in Chinese stocks. I haven't had the best experience. It's something that I'm not great at. So I was aware of it and said that it's not something I'm going to continue to do. Um, I believe a wise man named Ian Dunlap once told me that we have some great American companies. Yep. <laughs> what you know. And I took those words very literally. So thank you. I mean, they reported their, their model right now, um, which took a lot of people from poverty to having a middle class, to a very like wealthy ultra class is now in danger. So if they went on a 40 year run, but now as a result, like, and we've said this before, Rashad, you brought this up, Troy, you brought this up. Like, war is not good for anybody. Even in rap, all the little disc records and beef records, people end up dying and friends getting hurt. They don't, like, no one has really went diamond off of a disc record. Like, it's really a, there's more of a risk than anything. So if we have issues with the commercial real estate market in China, if COVID was created or was dispersed from there, um, they have a whole bunch of other political issues that we're going through. When Jack Ma spoke out, they took their equivalent of Steve Jobs and made him go sit on the bench for months. And he really hasn't said anything since then. What do you think they would do to the 57th best stock in China, let alone the people? 
that's not an environment in which you want to. And America has its own host of issues, but it is Hunger Games over there right now. Steer clear. <laughs> you can do what you want, but steer clear. Season three. No Jennifer Lawrence. Um, For real. Okay. So what are some ways I can increase my probability of winning as a trader? I've been thinking about this a lot going into the presentation with uh, Kathy and Mike. Um, number one, at some point, every trader needs to learn how to trade the market without using any indicators. So if you can just trade off price action alone, it's kind of like a ball. Like everyone has their go-to moves, but it's like, can I put you on any court in America and you'll be able to score no matter who you're playing against. That's what the equivalent of just trade off price action is. Cause all you really have is highs, lows, and what the median or an average is. Um, and number two, I, I say this all the time, but the number one thing that I see in traders that do not consistently win and do not make a lot of money is that they overtrade and they do not stick to the number of trades it's supposed to for a year. So you have to factor in, stop hunting from your brokers, stop hunting from competitors, algorithmic trading there's decay in your actual trading strategy so whether you trade in moving averages or you trade in edges or order flow at some point all strategies have decay but i don't meet many people who year over year they're like hey i took 14 trades for the year i'm done there's one say hey i took my number of trades i know i could do more but i'm not I'm just going to stay here and enjoy the 80% that I'm up for the year or the 150% that I'm up for the year. One and more usually leads to disaster in trading. Um, so those two things, like being able to trade off price action alone on any chart in any market off of any time frame, and then your willingness to stick to your plan. Mm -hmm. um, if people can do that, they'll make more money. Everyone that I know that loses a lot of money or they're not where they want to be, you're trading too much. Like trading too much is like cheating and getting caught and being filmed and then playing it on YouTube and be like, baby, why are you taking the house and the kids in the car? What do you expect? Well, you you can read that. all the books that you want to. I got a couple recommendations. Number one, stillness is key, right? Number two, family fortunes. I've mentioned this before by Bill Bonner. You need to go through Michael Lewis's The Big Short. Um, even in Kathy. I love Kathy. I think she's been incredibly innovative. But one of her biggest mistakes is rotation of stocks um, and getting in or out of them too early. Kathy bought NVIDIA when it was $5. Kathy did not hold through the run of last month, however. I know there's reasons to, but portfolio allocation, asset, I get all that. But it would help a lot if you held a stock from five to 500. It will help. Overtrading usually leads to disaster. And I don't know how to get that through more people's heads, but if you want to make money and way more consistently, that is the blueprint. If I've made you money, please put yes in chat. Got you. That, now, that, that second rule that you said, the overtrading part, a lot of people get this confused, right? Is it overtrading the same stocks? Or like, how, how should somebody approach that, right? Because if rule one is applied and I can trade without looking at technicals and fundamentals, Mm -hmm. I can just trade off volume. Then I have to know my, right? Like I need to know my company, but that's tough, right? If I'm trying to know my, like I know my company, how many companies should I know? Is it like five or is it 10, right? I'm not going to be able to know 50 companies at the back mm -hmm. of my hand. So am I studying like maybe 10 companies and being able to trade those 
or am I finding different trades throughout, right? So even if I limit it to 20 trades throughout the year, am I doing it inside the same equity? Absolutely. Um, I would say study a maximum of eight companies. If you're able to produce 300% return or more, if you're producing less than that, I would study two. And anyone that, that tells you that they study 40 stocks and they can trade all of them well, they're lying. Even from the beginning, if we go back to episode 70, classic should have went triple, two tech, two index, Apple, Microsoft, ES, and bonds. When you study something in and out, um, there's a reason that we don't have like a BMX or surfing show. We're not efficient at surfing. Adam 22 can go from biking to hip hop and talking about King Von. We can't do that. You have to know one specific area so well that you know what it's going to do before it even happens. Like when you really have your trades down and you study two to eight companies really well, you'll almost see the move before it even happens. If you don't, you're going to be in danger. And I think most people, once again, if you're, if you're making us a 300% return, you should probably only do 20 trades max per year, but really 12 and stop there. Once people get past that threshold, that's when danger happens. Oh, I just traded because I, I had a loss, so I wanted to make up for it. Now I broke even. Now I put a straddle on, and then I want to do futures and then options. Then you, you have to shoot the shots that you, that you know you can win. And that's what separates the great traders and investors from those who are not. If we And even the people we met, everyone that we've met that are institutional traders or investors, they're not the most intelligent people that's ever walked earth. The discipline for their crafts is what really set them apart from the other three or four thousand people that really wanted the job. Get your tickets to invest best. Yes. Three hours left. You had three hours left, and then you will not be able to buy tickets anymore. Don't text Mike. Don't, Bam, don't text any of us. Shot, no, AB, none of us. Me, I have no no nothing. <laughs> don't don't text us. Please. Please. I cannot get you backstage if you're not on my list. I'm gonna call Ashley this year. And, and no, don't, I don't have no sisters. Us, don't don't text us from your new number that we don't have stored either. Like the yo, hey bro, drink, please. And his cousin from his mother's side. Yo, no, nope. Louisiana. Sorry, <laughs> yo, bro. Sorry, <laughs> I am still prepared. Phone is off. Went to, went to high school together. I don't know you, man. Shout out to my guy Elliot who came to the JP Morgan Chase event though. We, we went to school together. That's my guy. But if, if we uh we weren't cool in, in high school or college, okay. Elliot, Elliot Wilson talking about he wants to put a, a petition to uh make Irv Gotti stop doing interviews. Elliot is tripping, yo. Irv interview was dope. <laughs> I thought the second interview was dope. The, the new uh the new one was he looked yeah, so yeah. I, I didn't see the interview, I just saw the clip. I saw a few clips. But yeah. I looked like they wasn't drinking. It looked like he was sober this time around. Um yeah, he, he said his family told him they was concerned about his health, so not to go up there and, and drink. drink. Okay, yeah. yeah. I, I didn't see Nori drinking either, so I figured that yeah. they probably just out of respect, nobody was drinking that episode. Um yeah. but uh yeah, I guess Elliot Wilson is not a fan of Ergotti interviews. He's doing too much uh, until he does the interview. <laughs> I love you, bro, but it's a good lesson going back to the top of the show of not celebrating and gloating. Also, too, it's been so much made about Drake doing an interview with Bobby. And like, how many more times can we see a rap radar Drake interview? Ellie, I love you. I think you're amazing. You're a huge inspiration to all of us. But it's like that was, I mean, even that was that was rare at the time, like because he doesn't even do interviews. The fact that he had them, he had them in his home. And they did that. Yeah, bring some ballerinas out. The boy did something. 
They took that interview down too, the Bobby joint with Drake. Yeah, she got talking crazy about Yachty and then pfft. take it down. You said what? She's talk, you said she was talking crazy about Yachty. Yeah, talking about crazy about Yachty. Yeah. What'd she say? Uh, something about how he was weird and you know, and, and Drake and Yachty, they tight. Yeah, he was opening up for him in New York. So that's another thing for, for the vultures. Like if you come in and get hot in the space, at least show some respect. But the night before he had it at the show. She ain't look too enthused then either. I think, I think uh I think Todd <laughs> inter- interviewed on uh, her. Who's that? Todd. Who? Um, you know, Loon. Oh, did he? Oh, 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 oh. I believe he, so. he said I wonder. Okay. I think it's only on his Patreon. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Well, I got to holler at you. Are you... Who she signed to? Lucia? Who brought her in? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, my guy is wondering who brought her in. Yeah, she had offset new video too. Oh. Well, Loon the podcast loan, not the rapper loan. But rapper. Um, yeah. Podcast loan will be at um shout out to both of them. Best Fest as yeah. well. Uh it's up there podcast. He's on the podcast stage, so shout out to Loon. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't I think it looked like he had a trailers. He had some trailers of on his Instagram page of um the interview with her. Oh, so, okay. I thought he was critiquing the interviews that she was doing. I didn't know sure. that. Well, Got you. It's a fact. Um yeah. hustling. All right. So yeah. U.S. public debt is set to rise by 5.2 billion every day for the next 10 years, according to Bank of America's global investment strategy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's crazy! <laughs> Yo, that's crazy. Um, so, <laughs> what impact will this have on how you are investing and? doing business going forward um number one we have to find the companies that are going to outpace inflation according to these new numbers so normally we go through a cycle of when everything is easy so like if you play 2k or madden on the easiest level you feel like a star you know i was playing uh madden was Xander this weekend he beat a team like 35 14 it was glowing and then he changed those settings and went all pro it was different and now we're in a different environment where things are a little bit more difficult. Um, so this is why, like, I've consistently loved the companies that had the biggest financial war chests. We'll talk maybe about Apple, maybe acquiring Disney later. But the companies that have the most money on hand, that have the best leadership, best products, that have the best fan base are ultimately going to do well. Um, but for everyone else, as this debt continues to rise, and I'm not trying to fear monger because I know sometimes people say that I'm just giving you the facts of what we are. If that's fear mongering, I'm sorry, but as an investor, you have to factor these things in, um, for the debt to continue to be this high and for 5 billion to be added every day as interest rates have went up and for a foreseeable future, we're going to have to keep them high. It is going to alter the returns of most companies. Like if you look at Stripe not being able to IPO their competitor, um, um, Aiden falling as a result, PayPal bringing in a, a new executive to try and right their ship and they're in trouble. It is some troubling things in the economy. If you look at most sectors, automotive has went up, real estate has went up, cost of living has increased. There's a lot more angst that no one is talking about. Everyone's treating this debt situation like the boogeyman and saying it doesn't matter. And I'm like, well, if it doesn't matter, why is it being reported on? And then why are the people not feeling like they're richer than they were before? 
Um, I really believe there's been a concerted effort to eliminate the middle class and just to have like a upper echelon top 1% and have a lower class and have complete disparity. Um, some people call it the great reset. I don't know if I would go that far, but it's looking like we're close to that. But as far as how I do, how I do business, you're going to have to make the adjustments that every other company on earth is making that are great. Um, give more, find a way to give better returns. You see it even in Tesla. So Elon may take a loss on Twitter. And as a result, all of a sudden the article came out. Well, if you own a Tesla, you may be able to make $30,000 a year with autonomous driving of your vehicle. So now he wants to take Teslas and make them its own network of Ubers where you can make money, but you don't have to drive. That's smart. Then the, the ESPN gaming thing. Once again, every business is going to be in a hedge fund business. And I'm even going to say for InvestFest, like my thing has always been like when people leave, I want them to be able to say, I liked the information he gave, but I can use it Monday to make money. For everyone with podcasts and shows and content creators, if you're not finding ways to make people more money during the crisis, you're going to go out of business really fucking fast. Gossip does not matter if you cannot pay. Even they keep announcing more stuff about the aliens and there's more shows about it. No one cares. You don't give a damn about a great alien if you can't pay your bills. Release that information at the right time. So um, I don't know what we can do to get this debt situation fixed. Um, we do need a change in leadership. I hope that would bring something about. But as a result, you're going to have to give more bang for your buck and you're going to have to give higher returns in order to keep your customer or client base happy during these times. That's a lot of debt, man. That's so a lot of debt. Yeah. I mean, so I, for, if I'm trying to invest, let's say I'm, I'm like the average person and I'm trying to invest. Am I treating this like just based on this report? Am I treating it like this is a re recessionary environment? Like, do I look at mutual funds? Do I look at ETFs now? Do I look at consumer staples? Like, what should I be looking at? Or do I hold on to cash? Um, a no, bit more. I mean, the value of cash is going to go down. Yeah. So what? Like, just what in the three years you've been doing a show. Yeah, what would um, I do if, if if I'm investing? Um, for my crypto enthusiasts, I would say get exposure to Bitcoin first. Um, and the reason I'll say Apple and Microsoft, because if Apple acquires Disney, that could have some great effects for them, but they have so much cash on hand. This is what like, you know, going back to this book, and when you study family fortunes, and when you study like the Rothschilds and like the real, I won't name all of them, but the real families that like run the world. They are planning for 100 and 150 year cycles. So I, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, but like entrepreneurs have to stop thinking year over year growth and say, what can I do in one or 10 years, one or two years to get enough cash or revenue to last me 10? Mm. It's the environment that we're in. A Decade lot of brands growth. that were hot in 2020, they're not here anymore. I mean, it got so bad even for Adam. He had to put his wife up to offset the wrongdoing that he did to black people and 80 and everybody got left. That's a hell of the, talking about the big short boy. That boy put the big long on her to get the revenue up. What? Treat black people well. No jumper. I may see you soon. I don't know. But listen, so you have to find a way to be able to raise enough capital in a year that will sustain you a decade. Yeah. And even if we go back to, to Diddy, which I'm looking forward to hearing the conversation and Jay asking to see the books, 
I'm starting to think, I'm like, what if these companies are not paying the people that are promoting the brands because they know something is coming and that they need enough cash to be able to hold on to last them for a 10 year period. As much as Logan Paul promotes prime, I don't think that that deal is going to pan out to be too fair for him either in a few years. Because if you get over on Diddy and Jay, you think they have to pay Logan Paul? So you know Jay with the Bacardi situation. Yep. Jay said I'll buy it. They said no. What? When do you hear that? I'll buy my 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 steak. Yeah. Here, here's the cash for it. I got you. Yeah. So sacrifices must be made. Sacrifices. Not those. (laughs) Can't never get that bad. No women, no children. You know how that goes. No women, no children. That's crazy. Speaking of Diddy, um, <laughs> I feel like, um, you know, it's crazy. How do you feel like Diddy is perceived? Um, not favorable. I'll say that. Why do you think it's not favorable? Um, a couple of reasons. I, I think the, well, I mean, going back to the East Coast, West Coast war, that's one. But the, the perception of, like, not paying an artist, um, I've learned too, like anytime that you're too demonstrative, uh, some people will, will say egotistical, but you need that bravado for the brand. I think people look down upon that, not knowing that that's a driver. Going back to what I said about Buffett, like Buffett may play nice in public. He's not that in private, but he plays the game well. So I think there, there may be like mixed feelings about Diddy overall. And I don't think he is as heralded in business as he should be. Yeah, it's it's an interesting case oh, study because I feel like people, you know, once again, it sucks about on Dave Shands, but you know, the problem with consistency and you normalize greatness after a while. And um, you know, we live in a heckler society as well. Social mm-hmm. media has given everybody an opportunity to become a heckler. Um, but you know, it's interesting because um I don't think anybody you we like Walt Disney, right? He probably wasn't a great person. Right. Even Steve Jobs said he was he didn't even take care of his own kid. Mm-hmm. But we never look at anybody like it's like what 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 have you done in business? Right. Like people have strangely critiqued Diddy for personal things that they that they perceive. Like, mm-hmm. but it's like we can't rewrite history. Like we're not gonna act like this isn't the dude who was with J Lo, who signed big, had the battle with Suge Knight. Got survived it. Had Sean John, Fifth Avenue store, lost it, got it back. Bad boy records, got the deal with Harrison, made the Billy, ran the marathon, got the show on MTV. Like, yo, people just like interview Senator Barack Obama. It's crazy because it's like people, I'm like that was a big push. People forget that. First time, first time he was known to the public. Was that it? Yeah. I just look at social media sometimes. I'm like, damn, like, I'm just like, it's so crazy because I'm like, yo, that's Diddy. No matter, like I said, no matter how you feel about him personally, most people don't even know him personally. But no matter what, even if, like I said, business people have never been critiqued for what they do personally. Like, I never heard Phil Knight because, like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I've never heard, like, a critique on their business ability based off of disgruntled employees or, their personal choices in life. Yeah. Every billionaire has done some crazy stuff. Um, but I'm like, that's that's puff at the end of the day. Like, it's just yeah. crazy. Like, he's he's an icon living. He's actually an icon living. Um, absolutely. So I just don't feel like he gets enough reverence and respect. Um, where somebody like Jay-Z does. 
somebody like Jay-Z does uh, get a lot of reverence and a lot of respect while he's still living. I just feel like, I don't know, I think Diddy has embraced the role of being a bad guy. Um, but I think that he's embraced it because he had no choice to embrace him. No I, I don't think he necessarily wants to be the bad guy. Who who yeah. would want to be a bad guy? Um, but I'm like, yo, that's Diddy. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? Like things personally that would have crippled. Yeah, and I'm a diehard Tupac fan. In front of us. survived some stuff that's like the Suge thing, the Shine thing, some business stuff. Even like having to be an artist when your biggest artist dies and Mace leaves and your artists aren't working as hard as you. Like he's a, like he's a billionaire, right? There's only 11 black billionaires in America. He's become a billionaire. Yeah. In front of our eyes. There's only two billionaires from hip hop, him and Jay-Z. That's mm -hmm. it ever. Um, there's a lot of people that started record labels at the same time as him who, where are they now? Or struggling artists. Or, yeah. uh, you know what I mean? Like, and that's no disrespect to them, but he survived the times, reinvented himself, did the impossible 10 times over. Yeah. Um, so it's just like, I don't know. I and don't know. his level of awareness is sharper than most that we meet, especially, I mean, it's the, the rooms that we're in. Like, he has his ear to it. It's the reason yeah. that. Revolt was looking to say, hey, hey, who are these guys? What are they doing? We need to partner with them. We need to figure out how to work with them. That hasn't happened from a lot of people that you think people. it would. Um, but yeah. I mean, even the, the 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 clip that went up over the weekend about his conversation with us, like for him to say, like, what you guys are uh, doing has never been done and is what we need. It's like true. hearing that from him is incredible. Right. Like he's still and like I know that was a nickname for him, like. When we used to talk about him, it was like, yo, that guy is like Black Caesar to us. Like, we looking yeah. at this guy like this from a business standpoint, outside of everything personal, because his personal life is his personal life, and he's dealt with things in his personal life that, like you said, he, he survived from and came out on the other end victorious. But just from a business standpoint, it's like, this is admirable. I don't know why we're, we're looking at this any other way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, who else has that much relatability and still has his ear to the streets and is still trying to work with people who are trying to give a voice to a generation. Like if you look at the talent that's on the network, how many people even have a network, right? The talent that's on that, that network is a lot of yeah. people who are young, who are enthusiastic and have brilliant ideas and want to share their narrative. So we, we got, we got to move accordingly. We got to move accordingly and speak accordingly when we talking about them. I think because of culture, I think it's by design that they train us to not have reverence for a elders in our own communities, but elders, that have paved the path. Even um, I put this in, in stock club, but like I found it really interesting after a certain pharma company paid for the promotion of pills and lean being promoted in music for the last 10 years. And they're now in trouble that all of a sudden, like Ebro announced last week that there's a shift to Latin music and Afro beats and rappers need to even worry about, uh, if they're going to get deals over the next few years. So there's a lot of destructive things that are done through business that make us not like the people who we should appreciate a little bit more. Um, and at some point we got to have a, a real conversation about what to do about the, like the destructive nature of some of the things that are, that happens inside of our culture. Cause it doesn't really benefit us. It only heralds other people um, and other industries and ends up making them bigger as a result. Yeah. We had an interesting conversation yesterday and it was like, 
there's not many people we can look to at that level, right? Like, and, and Puff is one of those people, but like even even Robert Smith, if, I mean, to have conversations with him is incredible, but Dave Stewart is another billionaire. And I've, yeah. I don't think I've ever, like I started thinking about, I don't think I've ever heard him speak. And maybe there's a reason to that. The purpose of getting that amount of wealth is so that you can be quiet. The more and more I see it, especially with the way social is now common. There's there, like, I remember when social media used to be fun. And I know we can all like relish in those times, but but the the discourse is like so toxic. Um, even when I was checking out like uh Dave Rubenstein's interview with um Mike Novograph, like getting ready, there was like discourse in his commentary that I saw, and I'm like, Yeah, of course Mike isn't perfect, but like you can't say that he hasn't been an enthusiast for Bitcoin and what wasn't one of the reasons that helped institutions want to get in. And Mike's been in Bitcoin, so it's at a hundred bucks. So it, I I think we just need to clean up some things and how things are done culturally. The crazy thing is, uh, I might release it, but I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'll block the guy's name out because I don't want to, you know, put his name out there. But you know, when somebody like you put something up and somebody, um, you can look at the mentions, you can see who posted in their in their stories. Yeah, so I, I put a post up about um, spiritual word. Shout out to them. They put a post up about everybody that's coming to Invest Fest, um, GZ and Robert Smith and Diddy and all these people. So I, I reposted it. I reposted it on my page, and somebody re, they took what I put in my page and put it in their story, and I just happened to be looking through all the story reposts. And so one of them, they was like very critical of it. It's like I can't believe people would pay money to hear celebrities um, just tell them a bunch of motivation and not get no real value. So I knew that he never went to InvestFest because anybody that has ever been to InvestFest knows that the celebrity aspect is probably like ten percent. Yeah. Of actual, we got panels on AI, on real estate development, on cosmetics, on on merchandise stuff that has nothing to do with celebrities at all, and let alone the amount of people that you meet. So I knew I just automatic. I didn't even have to ask. I knew he didn't go to investors. So I, I actually DM'd him, and I'm like, well, I'm like, it's crazy that you would make a statement like this without ever actually experiencing something like you're speaking from firsthand experience, but you've never experienced it firsthand. So he responded back. What do you think he said? My bad, bro. <laughs> Man, bad, I didn't even bro. know you was going to message me, bro. Yo, I, Can I, I get want, a ticket? I was just wanting to know if you was going to hit me back. No, he was like, he responded back. He was like, Peace King. He was like, um, he was like, I hate the Peace King after the hate. <laughs> oh my God. He hit me back with the Peace King. He was like, Peace King. And he was like, he's like, you know, now's an opportunity to, you know, somebody wrong he's like you know this is just you know things that i that i would have assumed he was like um but you know um i you're right i have not gone so i can't speak firsthand um and you know kind of go to the so i was just like yeah i just don't understand why you would make a comment like this such a negative negative comment and not even have firsthand information on what you're actually speaking about i said but here's what i'm going to do um if you're interested i'll give you and whoever you want to come with a ticket so you can actually experience InvestFest firsthand Smart. and then you can critique it either good or bad. Right. But at least you'll have an informed decision. He was like, thank you so much. I appreciate that. So gave him a ticket. So long story short, this isn't a gateway to get free tickets to InvestFest, please. But, but <laughs> please, I, that just is a microcosm of, of the internet that we live in right now. Yeah. People are talk crazy that like, that's like what Jay said, like they know that's the only way we ever going to speak. And that's why I asked when I, when I told um Joe Button, you know, that haters just confused. And hold on, it's, Joe Button and shout out to the JBP. Oh no, Joe Button podcast. No disrespect, but yeah. it's, it's like five of them. Yeah. So 
it's, you know, I can't I name it. Melissa. I know, I know. <laughs> but you know how to go. <laughs> Park. Shout out Corey. Shout out you. Shout out Corey. Ice ish. Ish Park. Queens Flip. Oh. We got them all. Corey, the whole team. The whole team. They'll be at investment. Yeah, the whole team. Um, that makes the appearance every episode. Now, those my guys, but, but you know, I just told them, like, yo, um, hate is confused admiration. They didn't understand it when yeah. I said it, or maybe they did understand it, but they were acting like they didn't fully understand it. Not everybody, Queens Flip and Joe, you know, had a little commentary on it. Um, but when I said it was confused admiration, is because it ain't, it's not really like a general hate. They haven't done anything to somebody like in order for me to hate you, you got to really like take money from my pocket, mess with my family, do something to me. Then that's like I now develop a real hatred. I can't hate somebody I never met before, has never done anything to me personally. That's not really hate. It's just entertainment. And it's just a way to it's a dysfunctional way of communication. And that was an experiment that I did randomly. I just wanted to just, you know, because usually I would have just blocked somebody or I would have went even to pay to the mom. But I'm like, let me just see how this will work out. And it worked out just how I thought it would work out. So I think that's like 95% of negative comments on social media. It's not real. It's not coming from a real place. Like it's coming from a, a place of dysfunction and um, oh, despair. Yeah. Yeah. And just trying to get attention and or just trying to sabotage something. Like we live in a, in a world where people would rather sabotage something, even if they don't have any reason to sabotage it. It's like, I'm not going to be a part of it. I'm not going to support it. I'd rather just help sabotage it. Yeah. <laughs> That says a lot about the times that we're in, but that's the truth. Like you go online, people give commentary on something and say, "Oh, Investfest is a scam." Da da da. Like you didn't even went. Never, never see anybody that went say that. Never see anybody that actually went like saying like, "Nah, I really, I made real connections." Like I actually learned this. Like one of my friends, so like I learned about the um, NACA program. I learned about flipping homes. I learned about a variety of different things from Investfest. Like education. I met this person. I met my lawyer at Investfest. I actually been working with him ever since for six months now. Yeah. But you know, like I said, we live in it. We live in a society where everybody's an expert and everybody's critical. But that and everybody, everybody has an opinion, and unfortunately, everybody has a platform to voice their opinion. And um, this is why you just you just see negativity being spewed at an all time high because they actually are more boisterous than supporters. Supporters would be more quiet nine times out of ten. And just get the work done. Yeah. So it, it, the, the question is: Are we going like even like for y'all? Like, because I, I. I Nine times out of ten, probably a hundred, ten times out of ten, I'm not reading 100. any comments. A hundred percent of the time, I'm not reading any comments. Are you going there looking for the negative comment? Are you going to look there to see where the negative connotation no, no, is? Go for a negative comment. No, I'm, at, I'm, I'm sub, my No, I'm just saying subconsciously, like because when the positive ones come, are we going to give it the same amount of attention? Because technically, you should, right? You support. I've learned. I, I've tried to. Yeah. Too. Like, what? What's the strategy there? No, yeah, well, the I, thing about it is, it's not. It's not that you're giving it the same amount of attention. It's that if you if you going and somebody's reinforcing something that's true, mm -hmm. right? Then you might say thank you or you have an acknowledgement. You're never gonna have the same or stronger reaction as somebody reinforcing truth as somebody that's blatantly lying. Like if I'm walking down the street and somebody say that's an orange shirt, nice hat, nice ass, thank you, I acknowledge it. What you're saying, you're you're just reinforcing things that's pretty obvious. Now, if somebody, if I'm walking down the street and somebody say, yo, you kidnapped my son three months ago, I want my money back. I want to, what, where's this coming from? Like, of course, that's going to get way more attention than somebody that says nice shirt. Or like, does it have, because, my, my, so that, that would be no, my it thing. it has to because. Well, does it? That, yeah, it does, I think, because we can never let, we can never, the problem is, Prodigy said this, rest in peace to Prodigy. 
keep letting them small things slide. That'd be a failure. Like a small, a, a pebble turns into a mountain. You got it. You got to stop it or you got to at least address it at a certain point, because if not a lie unchecked becomes the truth. And it doesn't even matter if it's true or not. We live in a society where people, if they believe it's true, then, then it becomes true. So you don't have to address every single thing. You don't have to, you know, you spend every minute of, of it. But I think sometimes it is important to, to speak on certain topics because, like I said, a lie, a lie unaddressed mm -hmm. becomes the truth. But that, so this goes to like, and, and Keith said, I saw him, he opposed this, right? Like people will live in their truths. Like I had this conversation, um, I forget who it was with, but I was like, at this level, like I'm almost comfortable with people living in their own perspectives because I live in truth. Like I live in truth. Like people yeah. will live in their truth, but like their truth may not be reality, right? Like there is the truth and then there's people's perceptions of it. Even if that's addressed, people will still have their yeah, perception. Sure. When you leave, they're still going to have the perception. And so it almost gets to the point where it's like, you know what? Your perception is going to be that. Because I've had that. I've had interactions where I've heard the perception come back to me and I was like, let's just have a phone call. Like people, I personally know, I'm like, I didn't even know you were seeing it that way. There was some mm -hmm. confusion here, but here's like kind of what the situation is. Here's, here's my perception of it and let's meet in like what the reality of the truth was. So it's like, do you, do you let people live in their perspective or do you try, it's like, a, I don't know, is it a balance that you have to figure out like what perceptions I have to debunk? Everybody got to, everybody can do whatever they want to do. There's no right or wrong situation. I'm just talking about on social media. I'm saying on social media, you yeah. can do whatever you want to do on social media. You can yeah. take the approach of, I'm too big for this. I don't need to. I don't need to respond to anything. I don't need to say anything. That's okay. You could take the approach of, I'm gonna respond to every single person ever. Mistake. If that's what I you want to do, then that's okay as well. Mm -hmm. I think that the, for me personally, it's a balance. I don't have time to just respond to every single person. It's not even worth it. <clears throat> but. Sometimes, you know, it, it just depends on how I'm feeling for the day. Like I might, I might say something or I might say something on Market Mondays or we want on Angela Yee's show and I might say something on her show. I might, you know, that's more broad range. I might just, you know, say something that you, you could take it however you want. I'm not speaking to one person. I'm speaking to a bunch of people. Like I say all the time, like if you, if you, if you're a man and you're over 25 years old and you're not one and, and you're not where you want to be um, financially, you should not be typing on social media, anything positive or negative because that's not what i was doing i wasn't typing on social media like yo um can i borrow a hundred dollars i wasn't typing on social media on spiritual word or shade room saying debating about you know should a man pay for the first date or not or i wasn't saying, having them combos too if you comment on that that's weirdo behavior and that says a lot about the times that we're in that's a blanket statement that is triggering to a lot of people, but that's my truth. What's yours? I've learned to praise the people who bring me positivity or praise. Like, you know, I used to be on the opposite end and like, but my mom told me, it's like, no matter what truth you tell, if a person doesn't like you, they're not going to like you anyway, even if you are kind and gracious. And I mean, I've had it happen to people that I've helped tremendously and made a lot of money for like and and in some cases like sometimes we have to just learn to let things go um but pray like you can't train people how to treat you and i've learned to not to reply to a lot of the negative stuff and just focus on those who are showing love um offsetting the hate by giving is a, a lesson if you go back through the last uh oh the great depression when rockefeller was amassing all of his wealth john d rockefeller 
it got to a point where the public outcry on him was so large that every day that he started to walk to work that he handed out money to everybody who was on the street. And then within one year, he went from being this evil villain, fat cat type character to he kind of like bought his support. Now, I'm not saying that's what you want to do in your friendship circles, but he was able to turn around like public perception of him. Um, by giving more. And I think the biggest thing is to always give, find ways to give. Third, from a stock perspective, this shit is done by design. So if you want to monetize the clout, invest in Google, invest in Meta, <laughs> and be done. Great. And most people are doing it on, on an Apple iPhone and invest in Apple. Well, Mike clips this up. So if you want to monetize the clout, Google, Meta, Apple, you're good. Because if, and I've had several conversations um, with a few people at a few different companies, Meta being one of them, the engagement on negative posts goes a lot more viral than something positive. I just don't understand when this like public judgment came in on like, oh, I'm going to judge you on every single thing that you do. You don't even know a person. You never even met a person ever in life. And it's like, oh, well, he did this and this person did this and she did this and Kim Kardashian was doing this at that. She's a billionaire. What are you? What are you? I, I sit on the side of the table with Troy because I've learned like no matter how ba much back and forth. Y'all know I used to be, man, I'm going to say everything. But at the, at the end of the day, if people are going to dislike you, they are going to dislike you. There's yeah. nothing you can do to turn that. That's yeah, I think that that's so like when when did it start? I feel I mean, it's gotten worse the last five years, though. <laughs> I mean, with the, the influx of social media, I feel like that was media, right? Like that was media's trajectory from, I mean, from my childhood, that's how it was sensationalized. These people were highlighted, like they're regular people. That's what like most people are like, yo, how was it to be around these people? I'm like, they're human first, mm -hmm. right? Like first and foremost, but yeah, it starts with media, it starts with sensationalism that turns into paparazzi. Social media gets influx into it. Now you're not just watching it as entertainment; you're partaking in it, and it is your entertainment, um, which is it can be dangerous. Mm -hmm. um, and we we've seen that. So goes yeah. back to the surface and bread thing. If we yeah, I I, act, I I pose the question because it's like so there are people who feel just like he feels, and there's people who feel like you feel, and I'm sure there's people who feel like I feel. But it's like, well, how do we navigate through it? Because people are looking at us like, well, how do y'all do it? <laughs> right and so it's it, it, it just a, a level of insight into what this looks like and maybe some solutions but i'm just saying it's just commentary on things that have nothing to do with you gun yeah. is a snitch now you're gonna have a whole di a day of debate on gun is you wasn't there he's not snitching on you I, if you think that you don't support what he's doing then just don't listen to his music like i don't see how it's productive to be a criminal lawyer online and now you, you you're actually looking up criminal files and just to prove your point you're arguing with somebody and now you're going i've never seen this many paperwork parties from people who were not in the streets like bro you 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 work you work a regular nine to five job how is this beneficial to a conversation like i'm sure you got people in your own neighborhood that that told and you still are going to the local bar with them and you, nothing's gonna happen so i I just don't understand where this social commentary comes from, from people to, to be so obsessed with a person's life that you're never going to meet. You're never going to have an interaction with them. And if you did meet them and you did have an interaction with them, you wouldn't say any of this stuff to them. Guarantee you. Because I just did a, a social experiment 
and the, the the reaction was completely different. So I'm pretty sure anybody that has anything negative to say about any of these people, 98% of them, if ever given the opportunity to be in their presence, you would not even say that to them. So if you're not going to say it to them, why even say it on social media? Just wasting your time. Because you can hide. Negative social commentary is also usually at its highest when the despair is also at its highest. I don't know if you've seen that clip with that guy singing in the woods about, I think it's like North rich men of Richmond or something like that. Um, the country overall is just at a place where everyone is unhappy. And one of the things that, and it's kudos to everyone there, social media is a cause for the, a lot of this dysfunction. And one of the things I love about being in other spaces even when we're like in Paris, everyone's not always on our phone all day, all night. Mm -hmm. They're actually like, you got to focus on the things that bring you joy, happiness, peace. Um, you have to find your own ways. Like for everyone here, homework assignment for today. What is your perfect day blueprint? If you can only do five things every day, what would you do that would bring you the most joy? Even in the conversations that, that we have when people are like, Hey, I want to talk to her. I'm like, Hey, if you talk to someone, if you feel drained after, that is a sign that they are robbing you of joy. You should only talk to people that like light you up and make you feel a certain kind of way. It does have an impact on your overall life. But a lot of the negative things that we hear, uh, whether it's from certain vultures or on social media, it is done by design because think of all the people to leave comments. They're not getting paid, but the company that allows people to leave negative commentary are monetizing it. And promoting it and adding it to the algorithm so more people Absolutely. can see it. Yeah, that's part of it. Absolutely. Casey Joy. Yes. But monetize the cloud. Google, Meta, Apple. If I've made you money, please put yes in chat. If we brought you joy, put suns in yes. chat. <laughs> All right. Yes. <laughs> put some suns in the chat. Before we leave, Bitcoin. Um, okay. Why did the Bitcoin drop significant? Why did Bitcoin drop significantly last week? And are you concerned it will drop further? Um, I'm not necessarily concerned it may drop further. One of my guys asked me, do I think he can go to 13,000? I don't think we're at a level where we're hit there yet. The lowest I think we could probably reach realistically in the next, I don't know, couple months probably would be like 19,169, if you will. A combination of things. Evergrande was one reason why we um uh why it slid. Also, too, like I know Tesla sold off a considerable portion of theirs. That sent out a ripple effect. Um I'm not saying Bitcoin has liquidity issues, but but the buy side or the perceived asymmetric risk reward ratio is not there for most people. And I would argue this would be one of the better times to actually buy. Bitcoin, if I were looking to um, buy it, also highest interest rate environment, interest rate fears, a devaluation of the Chinese yuan is like at its weakest level since 07. Um, so I think last Friday, I think 425 million or 27 Bitcoin got liquidated last week. Um, but this is actually like a decent level, a decent area to look to buy. But I think also money has gotten tighter. And I think people are waiting to see what is happening with the Bitcoin ETF, who gets that, um, to see if they should pour in or end up buying in. But I, I think it's actually a, a decent time if you're looking to hold for five or 10 years to uh, be able to buy. But 
just is not a lot of money flowing. And I thought as a result, Bitcoin would be up a lot higher. But this is why I kept saying once the hedge funds got involved and institutions got involved, they're going to treat this as any other asset. Um, they've bought up the majority of it. They tricked everyone uh, over the last couple of years and saying that it's not a good investment. And then they jumped into it. I mean, if it ever gets back down to 20,000, it's something I want to ask Mike about because he talked about that the first time he was on Market Mondays when I called out that level. If we go back to 20, it, it should go to 34,000, but I think that Bitcoin ETF is needed to make it go higher. Um, and I think we may normally like 500 days before halving is like a good time to buy if you're holding for a five-year period then. Do your research on what that date was. But I think we need a lot more institutional buying before we can ever get it back to that 60,000, 70,000 range that people were talking about. Mm. All right. All right. Well, we got a big day before we, we, we can't leave without talking about NVIDIA. Yes. We must. We, we must. have to. Had a crazy day. Analysts, I mean, pick one. The, the, the stock price, they are now raising the target price to 750 to 800 range. Wednesday's Who said it first, day. though? <laughs> Wednesday's a big day. Everybody that's in NVIDIA, I know y'all were applauding all day. All evening, you're looking at your account saying, what's going to happen? It was, it was a great day, like we said, for the semi. What's your thoughts on NVIDIA? Do you think it has another blowout quarter where we see a, a, a jump like we saw uh, when they had their last earnings? Um, I know the revenue will be solid. I don't know if, because uh, if they run it up before, well, today and tomorrow, there may be room for it to slide down. I think I think they'll they'll beat the revenue numbers. Without over the next five year horizon, too, um, they're setting themselves up to be a key player in a few spaces, and they have almost no competition at this point. I know Google's making their own chips, Meta's working on their own chips, so is Apple but they are so far ahead of everyone. And on top of that, um, it's something I can't wait to talk to Kathy about on stage, but when she came up with that strategy for investing in Tesla and Bitcoin, she made the case for hyper growth stocks being inside of portfolios. Um, Nvidia is this year's version of Tesla, where if you want safe growth, and if you argue CEO versus CEO, Nvidia's CEO is better and not as sensational as Elon, less risk on the table and higher growth upside so a lot more institutions are going to get involved i know everyone wants to know is it going to go up on earnings if you're holding long term you'll be great it's one of my stock picks of the year review that while y'all doing your reviews um <laughs> but for free um but i had it poised to go to 750 800 or maybe three or four months ago that target still stands and we definitely need this one to go higher to balance out um, some of the laggards that we have in the market overall. If I've made you money, please put yes in chat. And if y'all remember me talking about NVIDIA last year or two years prior, please put yes in chat, please. So what's your, what's your outlook for, for two years? Um, 834. 834. Yeah. And if they continue with this, this pace, 834. But this uh -huh. is like if I go to any investment and this is the thing that I want to bring up too. like in hindsight, everything is always going to be OK if you invest in great things. Every asset class is meant to go up. Uh, real estate, commercial real estate, businesses, life insurance, stocks, annuities, everything. Assets are designed to go up. 
But if you hold for a long period of time, that's where all the magic happens. So if you look at Bitcoin, any five-year period is outpaced any stock. Everyone keeps trying to gain how to get the best gains is to hold on the longest. We're in year three of doing a show. The success that we're seeing now is different than year one. I'm happy that we're able to get Floyd and everyone we had at Market Mondays Live, but it, it takes time. Often people want to find a way to flip and it goes back to the cultural thing. And I think we're being programmed to focus on the short term. All the gains that you want to see to be able to build freedom takes time. I know generational wealth is a buzzword, but if you cannot hold for three or four years, you don't care about generational wealth. Hold for the long term. So yield curve, uh, the yield curve has been inverted, but a recession hasn't materialized. Will this be the next? Will this be the first time in history that a signal isn't accurate in terms of predicting a recession? Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Great question. Um, so this is how the yield curve works. Um, when the yield curve is inverted, when the two years outperforming the 10-year uh, bond, it, that's not the moment when everything starts to happen. I want you to look at it as like an alarm or a signal that danger is about to happen. So like if you hear your smoke alarm go off, there is fire somewhere. If you hear a tornado warning go off, there's danger somewhere. This inverted yield, so it, this happened in 2019, then COVID happened. So it took a little bit of time, but look at this as a warning signal. And the fact that it hasn't stopped being inverted is a sign that something bad is on the horizon. I'll go back to my point. If you hold for a 10-year period, 20-year period, everything is always fine. But this has predicted more recessions accurately, more so than any other, any other indicator, and banks and hedge funds and traders all look at it. I think there's been a lot of um, lying about where the economy is overall and people don't wanna lose their jobs telling the truth. This happened in 07 with the ratings agencies. And also too, it's really hard to sell clients on investing more capital with your fund if you're telling them, hey, a big recession is on the way. So I don't think everyone has been completely transparent. So. Um, I wouldn't count this out yet. Um, it's the number one indicator. I talked about it in 2020 for me when I'm looking at a macro picture, if we are in a troubling time, number two would be a business cycle. Nobody was talking about the business cycle before me. Um, when those two things line up, trouble is around the corner and you have to be prepared, be prepared to buy multifamily, uh, real estate, buy businesses at the best price buy stocks at the best price, but no, just because we have not hit recession or we haven't been um, quote unquote announced in a recession, it does not mean the inverted yield curve signal is not working. How, how accurate has the inverted yield curve been? 100% accurate. <laughs> just want Every just, time. I just want to give people context. Every time. Yeah. So yeah. May, I mean, we'll see. hundred percent is pretty accurate. Not bad. Yeah. Better than me and Pelosi. You saying a recession on the way? I don't want to say it because I don't want people to say that I'm. I didn't, Jeezy wife. said it. Young Jeezy said it. It wasn't us. He said that recession on the way, but on another note, love sounding like young. Tom still another quote. It wasn't us. Be, be it on him. Mindful. Be mindful. Everyone can do what they want. The, the bond market 
has been falling since August of 2020, the 30 year treasury. If I look at five, same thing. If I look at uh, T bond futures, that has been down since 2020. And we've had aggressive drop since uh, 2022. The bond market, which if you went to any advisor over the last 15 years, they would have told you 60% stocks, 40% bonds. It's never been factored in if bonds are underweight or underperforming for a four or five year period. We're in year two of bonds underperforming like they're a penny stock. If that doesn't tell you that there's worry about it and that the debt is also getting too high while our financial parent China is in trouble, I don't know what to tell you. To get the solutions, you can come to InvestFest and hear from some of the wealthiest people on the planet about what to do. Or here's another option. Do nothing and don't execute. At this stage, I don't even care if nobody executes. I'm telling you what I am doing and what we are doing. I do have concern. I do have concern. And that's why this ARC and Red Panda Fund partnership is key. You have concern for the stock market? I have concern for the stocks that are not in the ones that I picked. Apple, Microsoft, like Apple, and I'll, I'll be really transparent. You have to pick companies that, like if you're constantly looking at your portfolio, you are already in a bad pick. You need to be able to go five or six years in the same ones and know you're fine. Like if you're spinning plates in your business and you're, you're running different businesses, you got to pick strategies that are going to work through every kind of turmoil that you can go through and that they'll be okay. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. Adam had to roll out his wife to get the revenue up. If that ain't a recession indicator. Okay. Podcasting deals to drop. Uh, Daniel's now running the healthcare company. Come on, man. I don't know. I don't know if the. I don't know if that's one hundred percent accurate. I, that is what she does for a profession. So I don't think that he actually um, offered her. I, I think there's that, a correlation, though. I think that's just a professional um, obligation. It's career choice. Yeah. You want to talk about the crystal ball? I can tell you how before how many months you leave. Whew. All in the video, it's dancing. Boy, mitigate risk. At all costs. At all costs. And, hey, you, you can't be in a relationship with a clout demon. I've been there. <laughs> can't do it. Can't do it. Mm -mm. Clout demon. Mm -mm. Can't do it. Not going to work. Do it. Not going to work. Um, all right. Um, clout. Offset going to be there? Who, who, who else? You listen, when y'all going to quit announcing people going to be there? And also, when that lady sold her, her company, I, we have to, once again, please stop saying that you're selling out if you sell your company. There's oh, only you, two you, options. Support you the, yes. Support to the point where a person can take care of the family for a generation or it has to be okay to sell. And um, it still has nothing to do with her. She she sold the company, so they said, like, but what does it have to do with? She had to get it to the point to sell. So obviously, she has information and resources and know-how to actually get it to the point where she can sell it for over nine figures. Mm -hmm. But even that is interesting perspective to talk about. What does it take to sell a company? What's the steps to take a sell to sell a company? Yes, How do you right. know the valuation? Um, this is a very important part of it. So, like I said, you know, yeah, there's always a critic. No matter what you do in life, there's always going to be somebody that that's going to be critical of what you're doing. And um, if you don't have any critics yet, then you just haven't reached the highest level of success. Because no matter who, nobody has reached success and not received the criticism. Nobody. That's true.
Part of it. Not even. Not even LeBron. Not or Jordan or Kobe. Like uh, even after Kobe, everybody was a Kobe supporter after Kobe died. Yeah, but I mean LeBron because he. I mean he's never done anything wrong, right? Like he's never. You know he's married. He got the family. He got the kids. He, no DUI. His biggest, his biggest, his biggest thing was the decision. People say like he he that was distasteful. Think about it. In twenty years, he never got he never got like you said DUI. Never had a bar fight. Never got failed a drug test. Never you know was had a paternity test and all of that stuff. Like he was clean for twenty years. The only thing that you can critique him on was that you were mad that he did a press conference to say that he was going to Miami and said that he was going to win five championship rings. Um, Open to school. And like I said, he gets hate. He gets probably the most hate. So if somebody like that, who's literally squeaky clean his whole entire career um, can get hate, then, you know, what can can you expect, man? Yeah. Done by design, by the media to monetize. All right. Um, Putting the word black in front of something with no real black. Talk to me. Talk to me. It's interesting. Um, You know, that's just one of these things. I just feel like uh, it only happens with black people where it would be X, Y, and Z company and they're doing a black initiative or this is the black division or like the soul aspect of it. And it's like, I feel like if if anybody else did it, it, a, it wouldn't even be a thought of. It wouldn't be allowed, and it would just be, you know, extremely um, disrespectful to their culture. Like if we were to have the um, annual Arab summit, right? And we like, and we're not Arab, and we and we every year we do the annual Arab summit, and we were the ones behind it, and we didn't really have any Arab partners. People that run it might be Arabs, but it's literally us behind it. Earn your leisure, Arab summit. Like, I'm not opposed to doing that, but I think the only way to do that is to have a partner in the situation who's Arab, 50-50 split, however you decide, then it's like, okay, now that makes sense. Or if we just did like a Mexican division, like if we did a Mexican division, then we would have to have people from Mexico. Like we would have to actually, you know, integrate with Mexicans, right? We can't just yeah. hire people and then just say like, oh, this is this is what we're doing. This is our initiative for Mexicans. This is our initiative for Indians. This is our initiative for, you know, you name it, Japanese people. I just feel like no no, no group would, would even go for that. It is, this yeah. doesn't make any sense. Like if they're going to do, if they're going to do, um, they do their own thing. They have Telemundo. Or they have Al Jazeera. So they have like, you know what I'm saying? So I just feel like it's just, we've just been so used to that, that it's just kind of normal at this point in time. And like I said, I feel like, you know, if you're going to do something targeted towards black people, because everybody targets black people, I don't think you have to put the word black in front of it. You you can just say like, you know, it's just like a record label, right? And it's just, you putting out the type of music, it's automatically going to attract a certain element. But once you start to put black in front of it, now you're being very direct at what you're doing, right? And it's very targeted. So I just feel like if the word black is in something or associated with something and there's no real black equity involved in it, like at all, I just don't understand how, how that works. And how, I don't understand how it works. I also don't understand why why it's accepted. Because it's to me, it's like a form of charity. It's like to say, like, you guys can't really do it yourself. So we're going to do it for you. Um, mm. And 
I just I don't know in in this day and age, I don't I don't know why that is even championed or accepted or celebrated. How do we make these companies give us equity? I don't even think it's about mm-hmm. making sure that they give us equity. I just think that it's stopping it before it even happens. Like, you know what I mean? Like to say like, yo, hey, we're not going to support it off the rip. So yeah. if you don't support something, they don't even have an initiative to actually do it. And then be like, you know, really have strong pushback on it to the point where they just feel so uncomfortable that they will just give it up. Like, right, that's, that's a mistake. My bad. Write, a, write an apology letter. Like, you know, we had good intentions, but we went about this the wrong way. We'd rather support people that's really doing it on the ground already. Or we want to empower, you know, people that's actually, you know, from the culture. Like, So I don't think that they're never going to give us equity. Um, yeah. So I just feel like it's just better to either start your own thing, support your own thing. But boycott with support is more important. Like, you know, as far as like, just don't don't champion it. But, you know, there's always going to be somebody black that will willingly champion anything that's not black for free, mm-hmm. by the way, for free. Um, you don't even have to pay them and they'll do whatever you want. They'll do a press conference. They'll, they'll tap dance. They'll do cartwheels. Um, and <laughs> don't forget the car. And, um, Boy. It is what it is. I, like, so, so what you're saying, like, how do we make them give us equity? I don't, I don't like I said, I'm with Shadi on that. I don't, I don't think it is give us equity, but we also got to pay attention to like a lot of these corporations and, that are using that, but also inside of their, their, their companies, they make these like di- diversity committees. Mm-hmm. That is be like, how is it diverse? <laughs> right? Like you'll find like, all right, let me find people of color who work here and you guys are going to have your own like club inside of this company. And you guys can put on anything you want that you feel like will be represent representative of your culture. Yeah. I'm like, but is that diversity? Yeah. Right. So that's, that's one of those things where it's like, all right, well, we'll try to appease or we'll try to accommodate, but is that what we really want? You know what I'm saying? Is this, yeah. it, they always like we always had that quote is like go where, go where you're, you're celebrated not tolerated yeah but we got to really like believe that like really believe it and really live by it yeah and at some point these companies are going to have to find a way to take care of not only us but like their customer base a lot more or people are going to leave I, I i don't i think it was bs what paramount did about not selling bt to Tyler and 15 and all that. but it's like I felt like they did that for a rollout like we're going to tease it like hey we want to sell it and then retract the offer but the companies that do not take care and people are waking up like even with cord cutting and cable mm-hmm. that was because at a point people felt like you were taking advantage of us prices were going up and there was a monopoly AT&T went through the same thing and they have not been able to correct it like if you do not take care of people and they feel like you are just constantly using them or manipulating them and not giving them anything back of value over these next two or three years it's going to be a lot of trouble for some of these companies that that are not given you choose you either choose to give equity and and take care of everybody or your shit's going to go under you pick choice is yours yep Yep. That's the one thing I will say about the NFT culture idea. Like, uh, even if I can bring it up, like I saw Bieber and some people file a lawsuit against uh, Sotheby's because Board Ape Yacht Club isn't performing as well. 
what Pimpsey say. If it was Board Ape Yacht Club back then, it got to be Board Ape Yacht Club now. How are you going to sue? It's an investment. Got to pick. You got to pick. But what do I know? Come see what Robert Smith has to say at InvestFest, please. But that would be like if it's like an airline. Let's like say I'm going to make up an airline. Let's say it's like Red Blue Airline, right? Red Blue Airline is like the number one airline in the world. And Red Blue Airline made a new a new IP called Red Blue Airline Black. And the Red Blue Airline Black only flies to major black cities. So it'll go from like New Orleans to Atlanta to Chicago to DC. And and um all the flight attendants is black and they'll serve fried chicken on the planes. <laughs> Like you know, what I'm saying like, how so would Pat that? Mahomes' like, wife of Stewart is on there. But, but how right. crazy does that? <laughs> but, but how crazy does that sound? No, how crazy does that sound? No, that sounds crazy, right? Fried chicken, chicken fried rice, boy. <laughs> nope. Like that sounds crazy. It sounds crazy, right? Yeah. But that's what's happened. That's the equivalent of what these companies do when they do these black, when they throw black in front of it, or for the culture, or black at the end of it. Um, it's the same exact thing. It's 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 the craziest thing in the world and yeah. nobody bats an eye is the company doing well clearly they won't be an investor so we can put a name on that bullet we can blame me i mean it's not one company though that's why i didn't want to name any one company yeah. because a lot of companies are guilty of doing it um yeah um and like i said it's something that it keeps happening so it and it happens across all areas of everything right like companies they you know they they realize that black people are a consumer base that they can make money from so they, they pander to black people yeah and like i said the way that they do it i just think is is not tastefully done and it's disrespectful but that's just my own personal thoughts on it. everybody feel differently but like i said just using that airline example like if it would just like it's just puzzling like how you start something for black people and it's, it's not run by black people it's like soul playing. And then they tell you, like, well, ownership doesn't matter. Mm. Oh, I hate that. Yeah, I hate that. As long as black people are empowered, that's what they that's what they use these terms. They're gonna empower you. That's disrespectful. That's a disrespectful term. How are you gonna empower somebody? That's like saying, like, you you're like above them. You can only empower somebody that's beneath you. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna empower black voices, we're gonna empower black leadership. Well, who's the leader? There's only one leader. So you're going to empower black leaders. No, you're just hiring black people. That's what you're doing. You're hiring black people and you're putting them in positions, but they have no equity. They don't own anything. It's not their company. This is this is what Dame Dash told DJ Envy and Charlemagne and Angela Yee seven years ago. Like, you don't own iHeart. I don't think it was disrespectful the way what he, what he said. People might have got offended by how he said it. But yeah, so I listen to the message and the highs delivered. People, people, and even people that work at the corporations. There's a lot of great people that work at these corporations that have good intentions. Yeah, but but they're under a misconception. They think that they have like real control and real power, but they don't. Yeah. They can be they can be fired. Yeah. If they if they do something too radical, they're fired. If they do something that the, that the the higher ups don't agree with. They're fired. So how empowered are you really? How empowered are you really? 
or they make you train somebody else for your job placement. It's just my thoughts. Just my thoughts. But that, in that context, empower is used in, like for that, but you can empower them. But I'm just saying that it doesn't have to be negative. It's a it's a it's a in word. That it's a word that has become so trendy, and I just feel like most of the time is is there's no real meaning to it. I'm gonna empower you. We're gonna empower black voices. We're gonna empower. No, you're really not. You're really not. So where's, I, where's the power? Where's the you say by empowering somebody that means that they have power, but we still don't have any power. I'm saying in that context. But if I say like we're, we empower black women, right? We're giving. We're lending influence. We're giving a platform. We're also helping promote black women. But that's not. In, do you know what I'm saying? No, yeah. for sure. But I'm, I'm using a specific example. That's what I said in that context. Yeah, corporate. yeah. A corporate. Yeah, absolutely. In, in the corporate, you're one thousand percent right. If you give some. We're giving people a platform. Right. So I just I wanted to give a distinction between it's, the two. It's X, Y, and Z intangible. This is what people don't fully understand. Even like people have made more money off of us than we made off of them. Mm -hmm there's intangible things that they're going to benefit from that we're never going to even know about. Mm -hmm. You come on a platform and you might tell your story and now you get an investor that you never even heard of. And I told you from day one, that was a mistake. Yeah. And it, but it's difficult to track though. Even that, like it's mm -hmm. difficult to That's even, true. like, you know what I'm saying? It's difficult right. to even know how many deals come across and who does this and who does that. But, that's a different conversation. That's different. Yeah. But, yeah. but the yeah. bottom line is that I just feel like the corporate, the corporate, world um needs to be held accountable across the board because they put these initiatives in and they do these diversity programs and they have these things and i don't i don't agree with it because i feel like it's not done in in good intentions a diversity every everybody has a chief diversity officer oh they're killing that now after this most recent ruling though and they're cutting funding on black uh, woman-led um, entrepreneurship, yes, equals as well. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep, yep. Be yep. mindful. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, you're right. That's why I, there, there's two different connotations of the word. But yes, in corporate, one thousand percent. But I'm glad you gave the example of kind of what we're doing because that's a different way, and using the word to promote. So yes. All right. Okay. Enough. Enough. Rants and gems. Rants and gems, the <laughs> rants and um segment. Okay, so uh, nightlife. You want to talk about the nightlife? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to talk about the nightlife. Um, I mean, InvestFest is here, and one of the things that is part of the Earn Your Leisure culture is number one education. At the front front of everything that we do is education, is information, entertainment is a part of it as well. And so this year we've had a network of parties that have been put together for the week. And so uh, we're doing something very unique this year. We actually are creating bands. Um, and so if you're interested in attending, there's going to be a slew of, of entertainment going on Friday night, uh, Saturday night, Sunday night. Mm -hmm. uh, and we'll, we'll have everything documented. You can go to EYLentertainment.com right now, and it'll, you can see the itinerary of what's happening. If you'd like to attend, uh, the bands will be there. Uh, you can purchase them. I'm even sure what they are. It's, it's a fraction of the price that's going to cost you to get into any party. Mm -hmm. But the, the unique thing about the band is that it gets you into all parties. Uh, and so I know Ian is, is got. I saw your flyer. Got me working. <laughs> <laughs> I saw this Ian's flyer. I saw MD flyer. And so uh, it's going to permit you access into all those parties. You might say, "Hey, I want to check this one out. I want to go check what Ian's doing. I want to go check what EYL's at." 
And you're going to have the access to do all that in the same night. Um, so head to EYLentertainment.com right now. Get your bands. Come have a good time with us in the evening. And make sure uh, that you're ready in the morning. Because that's one thing we're going to show you. We can go out that's and right. we have a good time. But we're going to be ready first thing in the morning uh, to put on a hell of a show. So make sure you head over now. Yeah. I'll be at Greenhouse and Josephine's. I will not be missing VIP night this week. <laughs> so I'll be out. Let's go. My appreciate you. Yeah. VIP night Saturday. I mean, Friday. Friday, yep. Friday night. Yeah. Friday night, VIP night. It's going to be, be a lot. Lala Anthony, Jermaine Dupree, Terrence J, Jarrell, and a bunch of other people. Surprise funny Marco. Yeah. Uh, Derek Hayes, Milan Harris. Going to be a vibe. Be a good yeah. Vibe. Yeah, uh, that's the that's just the stage. That's not even the room. Oh no, a lot of people are going to be just. Chilling. That's just the stage. Good yeah. 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 Do not be inebriated. For those of you trying to network, please don't. Person, please person, do not. Person's matter. Please do not. Please don't be drunk. Please man. just tape your fellows. Don't be thirsty. I don't want to see that either. Oh, it's going to be a lot of ladies in there. So you thirsty on the floor? You, you thirsty for the revenue? Be chill. Respect yourself. Respect you yourself. Before you respect anybody, you got to be able to respect yourself. Mm -hmm. If you respect yourself, then you'll automatically respect other people. There you go. Uh, that means you, you have no selective respect. in your shots, selective in your trades. That's a fact. You got to be, you got to have respect for yourself. Shout out to LG. He said that before. Like, yo, you got to have respect. Yo, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yo, man, Jesus. It, it's time. It's showtime. It is yes. it's showtime. It is showtime. Ticket sales ending an hour. Get your tickets to Invest yeah. Fest. Get there early. Registration is on Friday. Um, and also Friday is free. We got my boy Jim Jones, Ash Cash. A bunch of people will be there on Friday. Um, first time ever that we actually doing programming on Friday in yeah. the vendor marketplace podcast stage. The vendors will be there on Friday. So make sure you support the vendors yes um are you gonna have your booth up on friday if they do what they're supposed to do okay okay so that's the plan yeah um so vendors will be there friday we'll have food there friday we'll have reform event we'll have conversations all day friday and registration yes register on Friday. Registration Friday. is when you go and you get your lanyard. Because people are like, why well, do I have to register? Yeah, like, get your credentials, people. So that way, when you go on Saturday, you can just walk right in. Because that line's stupid. Oh, boy. It's a line. And that's why we want to try to we want to try to avoid the line. Yeah. So by avoiding the, the easiest way to avoid the line is just go 10 o'clock to 6 p.m. Anytime. Yes. Any, any time of the day. Stop by the B building, Georgia World Congress Center. It'll take 10 minutes. You'll go in. You'll be in and out. And you'll get your credentials, and then you'll be good for the weekend. Yep. I go on Sunday at 11.45 with Kathy Woods and Mike Novogratz. I'm going to be putting on one of my best performances. If you want to learn how to make some money um, and these tough inflationary and pre-recession times, be there early, please. It's going to be incredible. One, yes. one of them ones. Yep. I'll tell you that much. It's here. One of them ones. All right. Yeah, uh, who we got? Ha Yo, happy birthday to Jamal. Jamal, yeah, happy so birthday. Awesome. Happy birthday, my guy. My 82 brother. Uh, used to live up the street for me for happy, most of my happy, teenage happy years, birthday. man. Happy birthday, my brother. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you said LG, man. Happy birthday to LG. It was his birthday last week. Happy belated to the to, and uh, shout out to Ab. Shout out to Ab. Happy, happy, uh, hey, congrats. Happy, happy joy, joy. <laughs> congrats, congrats, my boy. Love is love, y'all. Be good to each other. Reach out.
Atlanta. We will be there, Atlanta. We're yeah. looking forward to seeing all of you. We're going to take as many pictures as possible. The A. <laughs> the A. You already know how we do it and when we, when we're in the A, man. So shout out to everybody in Atlanta. It's going to be good times. It's going to yeah. be hot as hell out there. So No rain, which is great. Man, it's gonna be warm. Pack your portable fans. Dress accordingly. The good thing is that inside is cold. So That's a fact. Yeah. In these in these type of auditoriums and, and these venues, it's, it's always it's cold. cold. So it's, it's a little if cold. you're looking, I personally wear long sleeves and and pants. Indoors, even, yeah, yeah. Even if it's 100 degrees, because I, I I get cold. So if It'd if you're looking in there, to, yeah. If you're if you're looking to know how to dress, I would say take that into consideration. It'll probably be like 60 degrees inside it's chilly inside of the congress center but i'm cool with that dress accordingly um come prepared uh food truck village food make, truck, sure you, make sure you freak with there make sure you go to the vendor marketplace check all the vendors out i'm going to make it that's going to happen as well yeah. i'm going to try to make it last year i made it to every vendor uh this year i'm going to try to make it to every vendor as well um just to show you a level of support and a thank you for taking part in a historic event so Love is love, y'all. Be good and to each other. You never know who's gonna stop by if you're if you're a small business owner. Last year, Dan Cat Dan Kathy walked the vendor marketplace and yes. nobody knew who he was. <sighs> Mistake. Another thing, get there early. Don't wait till three, four. Everybody in red panty. Y'all know I'm be that now. Yeah. But that that's yeah. important because he actually showed up. He was like there, like he was there, probably like 8 30. Found him at 8 30, just walking. <laughs> so he was going there early. So make sure if you're a vendor, make sure that if you're not there, you have somebody representing your company and your brand at your booth. You never know who's going to show up. And so we had so we had him show up. We also had SH walk through, which was incredible. So you never know. And he state these people they they're interested in it. They want to stop by. They want to see what you got going on. And you never know. Sometimes they want to invest. So Don Peebles, Steve Harvey walked the vendor marketplace last year. That was crazy. I was mayhem. So we're going to try to make another moment. We, I should have had a that. video of that that moment happening. I was calling. Have, I was calling we have, you. We have the video. No, no, like before, like yo, they about to walk, they about to walk. Where you at? Where you, I couldn't find you for like five minutes. I'm like, we gonna we gonna do it again this year. We are gonna do something. We are gonna try to do something special with one. Of, I mean, we got so many people. Somebody's gonna do it. So. Yeah, Troy called me and told me about one. Hey, if y'all not on the list for that, I'm sorry. I love you, but <laughs> should have been closer this year. Sorry, this <laughs> work. Oh, the private cocktail hour. Yes, sorry. Invite only. That's the invite only. Please. No clout demons. <laughs> that's gonna be special respectfully yes. speaking Respect. all right guys been real all right be good to each other love yeah peace the enhanced american express business gold card is designed to take your business further it's packed with features and benefits like flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business 24 7 support from a business card specialist trained to help with your business needs and so much more the Amex Business Gold Card, now smarter and more flexible. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.